You're listening to the Acadiana's Morning News Podcast, brought to you by LABI and always on kpal965.com. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. (laughs) Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. 32. You're with America in the Morning on today's Hollywood Minute. A big concert, a Star Wars star, and a film fest that would have been. Here's David Daniel. That Fenway double play was a home run for charity. Dropkick Murphys say they're streaming out of Fenway live stream concert featuring an appearance by Bruce Springsteen has raised more than $700,000 for the Boston Resiliency Fund, Feeding America, and Habitat for Humanity of Greater Boston. It's very important at this time that we stick together in mind, in spirit, and in body. Star Wars actor John Boyega made his voice heard at a London protest against the death of George Floyd. Boyega told the thousands of people gathered that now is the time to demand racial equality. Protesters have gathered around the world in recent days in solidarity with U.S. protesters and to take a stand against racism in their own countries. Today started out as the best day of my life. Back here tonight, first shows at 7. The Pixar pick Soul, due in theaters in November, is one of 56 movies with an odd credential. It would have been an official selection at this year's Cannes Film Festival. The coronavirus prompted cancellation of the famous fest, of course, but that didn't stop Cannes organizers from revealing their list. So the filmmakers didn't get to go to France, but in a way, they were there in spirit. Back home in Hollywood, I'm David Daniel. Three till. A park between the United States and Canada that was closed because of COVID-19 is back open. And so are the arms of those people reuniting. Stefan Kaufman takes us to the border. The closure of the U.S.-Canada border because of the coronavirus pandemic cut off many families from loved ones on the other side. The virus also forced the closure of the nearly 100-year-old Peace Arch Park, where visitors from both countries are allowed to enter the park without having to display a passport. The park is now reopened, and the nature of the visits has changed. The gatherings that have taken place have been of a very personal nature. We don't have the tourists coming through the park. President of the International Peace Arch Association, Christina Winkler, says the park is playing host to heartwarming border reunions, complete with tears and hugs. Families gathering together, reuniting parents with their children, families who had babies, and perhaps the kids live in the States, mom and dad live in Canada. Winkler speaks to the uniqueness of Peace Arch Park. There's no other place like it along the 5,500-mile border. You can enter from either country, you can walk around and enjoy the park both sides of the border as long as you go back where you came from. Without the need to display a passport, visitors are not required to pass through customs and immigration in order to enter the park. I'm Stephen Kaufman. As the weekend progresses, those with coastal interests along the Gulf states are reminded to keep their eye on Cristobal and your ear to this station. 
America in the Morning for Friday, June 5th, 2020. It's produced by Tom DeLac, senior producer Kevin Delaney. I'm John Trout, Westwood One News. spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me, your handy chains dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Get the latest headlines online anytime with the KPL News app. Download it for free in the App Store and Google Play. KPEL FM, Brobridge, Lafayette. but mostly less tense night of protests. I'm Chris Foster, Fox News. After George Floyd's memorial service in Minneapolis and vigils around the country, more people were out demonstrating against police violence. In New York, Fox's Lauren Green reports. Marchers took to the streets of Brooklyn, demonstrating near the Barclays Center. It was a large but more peaceful protest. Similar scenes occurring throughout New York's five boroughs as protesters made their way through city streets, shouting their mantra, Black Lives Matter. After 8 p.m., cops finally began aggressively enforcing the curfew, and that's when scuffles and skirmishes started, as officers worked to disperse the crowd, sometimes by wedging a gap between the groups and blocking off streets. The American Civil Liberties Union is suing the Trump administration over President Trump's walk to a church near the White House Monday. The lawsuit alleges the clearing of protesters from Lafayette Park using tear gas just prior to the president's walk to the damaged St. John's Church violated protesters' civil rights. The filing also names Attorney General William Barr, who said publicly he ordered the action to extend the perimeter around the White House. The ACLU called the use of chemical agents coordinated and unprovoked. The White House says only smoke bombs and pepper balls were used. The suit was filed on behalf of the D.C. Black Lives Matter group and other protesters. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. Michael White is back in the United States. The Navy veteran had been in Iranian custody since 2018, accused of insulting Iran's supreme leader. He tells Fox. I do want to extend my personal thanks to President Trump for his efforts, both diplomatically and otherwise. It's making America great again, and I uh, uh, look forward to what's going to happen here in the future. A senior U.S. official tells Fox the release was part of a deal, allowing an Iranian-American doctor in custody here to return to Iran. America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. 
That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Seven people, all adults, are found dead in a shooting and fire at a home in Valermoso Springs, Alabama. It's according to the local sheriff's department. It says deputies were sent to the home by a report of gunshots and were able to put the fire out themselves. The attorney general blames some of the violence in cities where people are holding peaceful protests on organized agitators. During a press conference at the Justice Department, Attorney General William Barr blamed agitators for some of the violence at protests around the country and vowed to tamp down the ongoing unrest associated with the murder of George Floyd last week. We have evidence that Antifa and other similar extremist groups, as well as actors of a variety of different political uh, persuasions, have been involved in instigating and participating in the violent activity. Barr did not share with reporters evidence of Antifa's involvement, and he once again urged state governors to rely on the National Guard in quelling violent protests and preventing looting. In Washington, John Decker, Fox News. Bernie Madoff loses his bid to get out of prison early. The judge who sentenced Madoff to 150 years behind bars says he intended for Madoff to die there. And nothing has happened in the last 11 years to change his mind. Madoff was convicted of victimizing thousands of people who lost $17.5 billion in a decades-long Ponzi scheme. Earlier this year, Madoff's lawyer filed for a compassionate release from prison, claiming he's suffering from chronic kidney failure and had less than 18 months to live. Tom Rigotti. Fox News. A ship on fire near Jacksonville, Florida explodes, injuring eight firefighters, one needing surgery, another in intensive care. Nearly 150 firefighters have been working in shifts trying to put those flames out. The ship was being loaded with old cars. A ninth firefighter is hospitalized with heat exhaustion. I'm Chris Foster, Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Right now, 73 degrees here at Cape Hill. I'm Bernadette Lee with your news and information update. Thousands of protesters marched through New Orleans last night, a day after police used tear gas to disperse a protest that happened on Wednesday. Now, the march was ultimately peaceful, but began with an ultimatum from organizers that future actions could turn violent if the city did not meet their demands to defund New Orleans police and increase funding for social programs. Hands up. Don't shoot. I can't breathe. Damn near begging for some humanity, begging for some respect, begging for the bottom line. Now the march was notable. Uh, excuse me. The march was noticeably larger than Wednesday's. Organizers often worked commentary about income equality, 
the military and capitalism into their speeches about police brutality. One speaker says George Floyd's death at the hands of Minneapolis police should be a wake-up call to those who have ignored previous pleas for racial justice. Grown man being murdered in the street, begging for a mama, he was calling you to get off your ass and get up. Now, law enforcement kept a good distance away from the protesters who often broke into chants of F the police and occasionally F Drew Brees. The march worked its way from City Hall through a black working class neighborhood before ending at the Orleans Parish Criminal Court. Chants of say his name, George Floyd, rang out along with... Now, organizers have vowed to return with another march tonight. The state of Louisiana moves into phase two of the economic reopening today. The change means establishments that previously were allowed to operate at 25% capacity will now be at 50% capacity. State Fire Marshal Butch Browning says things look a bit different at restaurants and churches right now. We're allowing restaurants to do a different type of table spacing as well as our churches to do a different type of seating arrangement, all based on the improvements of the COVID numbers in Louisiana. Movie theaters, gyms, shopping malls, museums, barbershops and salons will all be able to increase capacity to 50% with social distancing. Casinos and video poker establishments can increase to 50% capacity limited to 75% of their gaming positions. Now, bars without food permits are opening at 25% capacity, but Browning says there are still going to be restrictions on live entertainment. Can't have a band inside of any building in the state, including the bar. We still were able to to keep a safe guidance to where you could have a band setting outside with a restaurant situation. Now, Browning says businesses where a service is rendered to a client with a long amount of time in close contact will also open with some guidance on virus spread mitigation. Massage services, tattoo services, estheticians, those will all be allowed to open. And as I say open, there's a lot of details and a lot of guidance and recommendations that we've been trying to give business owners. Now, phase two will last at least 21 days. Colorado State University has upped its projections for the 2020 Atlantic hurricane season for above average to very active. CSU forecaster Jordan Jones says they now expect 19 named storms before the season closes, up from 12, along with now nine hurricanes, up from eight, which was forecast before. It isn't that we have, we see particularly a difference in hurricane conditions or the environment, but we are including Arthur, Bertha, and Cristobal in this forecast. Now, expected major hurricanes remained at four. Jones says this season is still being driven by the lack of an influential El Nino, and it appears that's going to be the case for the whole Atlantic hurricane season. Early on in the year, we did forecast that El Nino is either non-existent or cold on the colder side of neutral, but there may also be a higher chance of El Nino developing. Now, the Gulf Coast and the East Coast of the U.S. combined now have a 70% chance of suffering a major hurricane. So when looking just at the Gulf Coast, we had predicted a, a 43% chance of there being a hurricane landfall, but a 16% chance of there being a major hurricane landfall in Louisiana. 
Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser announcing the reopening of Louisiana's welcome centers under the Phase 2 guidelines as the state is ready to start accommodating travelers. Nungesser says there will be a strict cap on the occupancy of the lobbies at any one time, along with more frequent cleanings. We will limit the lobbies to 10 people at a time. We've got a plan to continue to clean those facilities many times a day. Welcome centers have been closed since March 16th. Nungesser says Welcome Center staff will be equipped with masks. We will also be giving out Louisiana Feed Your Soul masks to all visitors and ask them, too, to follow the rules here in Louisiana. Now, overnight facilities at Chico State Park in Villeplatte, Lake Bistineau in Doyline, and Bayou Signet in West Wego will remain closed. Nungesser says a promotional deal for overnight stays at state parks was so popular with locals the offer will now be up for grabs for out-of-state visitors, too. We'll be extending our promotion at the state parks if you book three nights to fourth night free to our guests coming in from outside Louisiana with the code Welcome Back. If you're looking for that code, it's louisianastateparks.reserveamerica.com. Well, in other headlines today, another anchor store at the Acadiana Mall, J.C. Penney, is closing for good. Now, the company is closing 154 locations nationwide, and the Acadiana Mall location will be included. J.C. Penney has had trouble keeping afloat financially in recent years. While we're still waiting and wondering just when live concerts will return to Lafayette's Cajun Dome, it doesn't mean that we can't head out to the Cajun Dome for some fun. The Cajun Dome announcing yesterday the venue will start hosting free outdoor events in June and July. There'll be three of them. The events will be called the Louisiana Saturday Night Farm in Flea. You can stroll the farmer's market and the flea market too. Vendors will have merchandise for sale. There will also be food that will be for sale. Partly to mostly cloudy skies today. Highs around 91. We'll see a 30% chance for an afternoon storm. Overnight, lows dropping back into the lower 70s under mostly cloudy skies. Sun and clouds again Saturday with an afternoon storm possible. A high near 91. Then into Sunday, skies becoming mostly cloudy with rainy conditions developing by the afternoon. Also becoming quite breezy as tropical storm Cristobal moves closer to the coast. Temperatures on Sunday should reach 86 degrees. Into Monday, that's when we expect uh, Tropical Storm Cristobal to be moving over the Acadiana area with a landfall right now predicted to be sometime around midnight, late Sunday night, early Monday morning. Temperatures on Monday will hover in the mid-80s. It'll be windy and rainy with temperatures topping out around 82 degrees. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm meteorologist Dave Baker on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. And we will be joined this morning at 810 by Dave Baker. We'll get the latest up-to-date information on the way. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Right now, traffic. Double-checking what's happening in our traffic at this hour. We do have an all-clear. No traffic crashes, no breakdowns to report to you. Please just make sure that you're buckling up and that you're keeping it safe out there today. This hour of Acadiana's Morning News is brought to you by Ladder & Bloom, Louisiana's leading commercial real estate brokerage company. For more, call Ladder & Bloom in Lafayette at 233-9541. Alright, 615, welcome into Acadiana's Morning News. It is Friday morning, and I mean, 
It just seems very different. Normally, when a tropical system may threaten our area, I don't care if it's a depression or a storm, it's kind of the only thing people are talking about. And so, you know, people, I think, get worried and, and do other things, but mm. there's so much other things, things going, going on. on. Um, we're going to keep you up to date, though, at kpal965.com throughout the whole weekend and into early next week. As, you know, I feel like, as you just heard in Dave, uh, Dave Baker's forecast, um, you know, the a rain rain is going to be the big thing. It sure. seems like um, yeah. with this right now, wind speeds are thirty five miles an hour. It will it will strengthen over the Gulf of Mexico. Some warm waters, but there is a lot of wind shear and everything else. We'll get Dave Baker to tell us about that stuff in real world language. Yeah, but um, but anyway, of course we'll be watching for those particular areas, whether it's Youngsville or whether it's further towards Baton Rouge or some different pockets in Lafayette, um, because the flooding risk is there. The good news is this kind of ridge of high pressure. See, I don't have an American Meteorological Society seal. Gotcha. But um, okay. I know what a, a a ridge of high pressure does. Okay. And that's like an on-ramp onto I-10 at uh, rush hour in Baton Rouge. Okay. So what happens, uh, it looks like it's going to come uh, make landfall and then quickly be swept and then will move towards our friends, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina. Gotcha. You so... do have to watch out, though, in these situations We've had them before with tropical storms and some of these outer bands. You do have a tornado risk. Yeah. So we'll keep you up to date yep. on all that. Um, tomorrow at 10 a.m. at the Lafayette Strong Pavilion on Camellia Boulevard, a peaceful march uh, is going to be taking place. We're going to talk to one of the organizers coming up on the show. Um, their goals, what they want to do, is law enforcement involved? Is it going to be safe? Those are all the questions we're going to ask. We are assured all of those things are true. But we'll get those answers for you because, you know, one of the things I saw someone just commented on uh, one of the stories we posted and said, I really wish we could turn off the comments on all local news because everyone just argues with each other. But I will say, even amongst all the arguing, a lot of times the rest of the story comes out because yeah. we like to talk around here. Sure. You know, and so something may have happened. The whole story is maybe not out there. You can't nail it down in the comments. It'll come out, then we make one call, and there you go. There's right. the missing piece of information. So I don't think we should get rid of comments, but I understand what she's saying. There's yeah. a lot of people who are scared about the event tomorrow. And so, unfortunately, sometimes, not everybody, but sometimes, people then repeat things that they've heard from a friend or yeah. that they saw on Facebook that have no validity. And so that can be, you know, it can be troublesome. Um, it's strange, though, because a lot of the comments I'm reading... It is as if there is a belief that crossing over that bridge on Camellia is crossing into the gates of a different municipality that's not Lafayette. Guess what? It is. It's a street. Mm -hmm. It's a public street. Mm -hmm. There are sidewalks. Everybody's going to be on the sidewalk. All protesters that are coming have been informed of that. There are no street closures. Lafayette Police Sheriff's Office are informed. They have been very helpful but we're going to talk all about that with the organizer. One of the organizers, there are a whole bunch of folks that have been putting this together, about 10 folks uh, putting it all together. So all we'll right. talk about that coming up. So we'll do that after a quick break. Also coming up, Kayla Morse, State Treasurer John Schroeder. Where do we go with the unclaimed property yeah. topic? Uh, he had a big loss in court uh, in a lawsuit that involved the governor because they both had different ideas for what to do with the fund. Mm -hmm. Governor prevailed. What does that mean for you? Uh 
I'll tell headline, you what it meant you for could me. Still, I was going to say, you could still go and claim your property. It meant $23 for no, me. Oh, is that how much it ended up being? When we had the, the interview a couple weeks ago, yeah. I, I've never had any unclaimed property. So we're doing the interview. I think it was during or right after I went. I was like, let me look. And I did. I, I never had something. $23. I was like, hey, $23 I didn't have. Yeah. That was a good thing. I was like, mm, I'm going to be putting that to a local restaurant delivery, yeah. <laughs> which is what we did. <laughs> We're just, like, uh, we would like the fried the shrimp treasurer. from Fizos, please. And we did. <laughs> get it from the state treasurer's <laughs> office and turn around and put it right back yep. into the economy. Well, That's awesome. Yeah. All right. We're going to take our quick break here. Oh, by the way, we're also going to talk to Kayla Morris from the rest of Grenegade and as Bernie said, Dave Baker after eight o'clock to talk about what should we expect? What impacts coming up with Cristobal? Yes. Not Cristobal. 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 I'm going to say it both ways just for fun. By the way, okay. today is National Donut Day. Oh, cool. I love National Donut Day. Yay. Let me guess. It's our friend Louise celebrating it. Yes. Ricky Meshes on Pinhook. Yeah. So everybody should celebrate and get a donut. Good I, stuff. Look, I bring my kids mm. there for the donuts. Mm. Then I get the. I get the roll-ups and the oh, kolaches, yeah, man. but I put them in a bag, and I Why? don't tell my kids. That's what I got. <laughs> you can eat the donuts. I am getting the kolaches. roll-ups. <laughs> All right, 621. Quick break here. Uh, coming up, more information about that uh, rally, protest, demonstration, whatever you want to call it. It is happening tomorrow, 10 o'clock, starting at St. Barnabas Church in Lafayette. And we'll talk to one of the organizers next on Acadiana's Morning News. This is the place where all opinions are welcome. Every color gets through. And people on all sides of the issue can hash it out. And if you don't think you have a voice, you're wrong. It can be heard now by calling 232-1542. That's 232-1542. All right, so tomorrow morning in Lafayette, a second planned protest is going to happen. Another peaceful protest, fingers crossed. Our community really shined bright the last yeah. time we had one of these. Over at uh, the intersection of University and Johnson Street, right by UL Lafayette. Mm -hmm. I mean, people, as far as the eye could see, no issues, no right. arrests. And as Mayor President Josh Guillory said yesterday, the area was cleaned up after it happened, mm -hmm. and uh, we hope for a similar outcome tomorrow. Absolutely. And this event is a peaceful event that is being organized by several people in Lafayette and, of course, uh, some surrounding areas. One of the organizers joining us on the line. Good morning, and thanks for joining us. Hello, thanks for having me. So we appreciate the chance to talk with you. We've had a lot of questions in the last several days. So talk to us about kind of who is putting this all together and what the goals are for tomorrow. For sure. Um, one of the goals is definitely safety. That is the main priority from everyone involved. Like you said, last week's protest was completely safe, and that is still the goal here for everyone involved. Um, also praying for some safe uh, weather. So yeah. let's see if that allows the protest to happen. Um, but one of uh, a lot of the organizers um, all come from diverse backgrounds. The point, the main priority, the message in this rally in particular is to call on white people, especially to use their privilege and their voices and their power to show up for their fellow neighbors, their fellow humans, and say, hey, we see you, we stand with you, we're listening, we're seeing what happens, and um, we're not scared to show up and support you. 
And so some of the local um, community, community organizers um, are the local NAACP, Move the Mindset here in Lafayette. We have some student organizations involved from the university, but it's really truly a grassroots movement. Um, we have some people from out of town who have helped to start this. And I think that that shows that, you know, anyone can help start movement in this community. Lafayette is so welcoming. And I mean, I do truly think very progressive. And so once someone raises their hand and says, you know, I want help spreading this positive message, it happens. And it happens through churches, it happens through different organizations, it happens through local businesses. And so the town can come together. If people want to make a change, they can. You know, I think it's interesting in watching uh, these things, how they play out. And as I'm watching in every city, I understand why, you know, social media kind of goes crazy in these situations. People who live in the area of Camellia Boulevard or live in River Ranch across the river, you know, I see a lot of what's being shared. And I think there is a lot of fear because you've seen some of these protests that start peaceful and then something happens along the way and it becomes violent. Um, obviously, as someone who's helping to organize this, and you said safety is the number one priority, how is law enforcement, local law enforcement, involved in, in making sure that things stay safe and, and don't get out of hand? For sure. Uh, both the Sheriff's Department and local police have been super, um, super, super helpful, and I've spoken to many of, many of their members. Uh, we have let them know what our walking plan is so they're aware of our route. Um, they said they're going to be on standby. Uh, we have phone numbers for multiple people who can come out and help should anything happen, but there will be a few people on site just in case. Um, one of them was my former SRO when I was in high school <laughs> here. So it's, uh, it's actually, cool. it was just so funny to get a call from him. So that was lovely. Um, but they are aware of everything and they're fully in support of the peaceful protest. And you know, want it to go kind of the same way that it went last weekend. And just so people are aware, we're not walking on the street. We're right. staying on the sidewalk. So it's not, I mean, the message is really to, to expose people to what's happening and hopefully open their eyes. So we don't want to close off the street and turn people away from the message. So we're just going to walk on the sidewalk hold up some posters peacefully and turn back around and head on home. Okay. And you're basically starting at the Lafayette strong um, kind of pavilion structure. That's, that's right there near St. Barnabas church. And where will you go? Yes, exactly. Um, so we'll start there and then we'll walk towards the South side of Camellia bridge, just go over the bridge and then loop back around um, at woods crossing that first crosswalk there. So it's really with the whole loop only about a mile. Um, so I don't imagine this taking more than 30 minutes, but uh, I'm a quick walker. <laughs> um, so we'll see how it goes, depending on how many people show up. Uh, but And then we're also going to open at the pavilion with a few speakers, uh, local leaders, and um, a, few, uh, a pastor and a bishop who are going to say a few words as well. Um, we're going to set the stage really to make this peaceful and welcoming all parties, all genders, sexualities, races, ages. Um, I'm bringing out a few chairs if anyone wants to come and just sit and help and doesn't need to walk <laughs> okay yeah because there might be folks who don't want to you know necessarily walk um curious about to um you know the, the like you said there'll be speeches you guys are gonna do this walk and then you know for anyone who might feel hesitant to come out what would your message be to them i mean truly and starting off it doesn't matter how you speak up whether you're marching whether you're donating whether you're posting things whether you're having tough conversations 
with family members and friends who maybe you don't vote the same way or you don't see eye to eye. There's so many different ways to help in the situation and not everyone's going to do it the same way. So people should not feel pressured because they don't want to march or they don't want to post or they don't want to do whatever. If you're helping in a way that is the best baby step. And so I think that once you start to do things, you'll feel more comfortable. For me, it was also about creating an opportunity, you know, in the south side, essentially, of Lafayette to invite a very affluent part of the city to come out and, and say, like, you can use your voice, use your privilege to to raise, to raise, essentially shine light on these issues and make sure that you can't stay in your bubble and you need to speak out. So if people don't feel comfortable coming, that's completely acceptable. But listen, you can come, you can listen, you can then leave when we start marching. Um, watch it later on the news. We're going to have a flyer with um, books, podcasts, movies, and places to donate to. Basically all things for people to help educate themselves on racism. Because I think a lot of you know, white people in general don't know what to do and they feel uncomfortable asking people. And you know what? It's not on people of color to educate you on how to be anti-racist. You need to do the work yourself because it's privilege to not experience racism. So you need to learn about it and educate yourself so that you can help your neighbors. And I think it's like the bar is so low. I don't think anyone who's who's organizing the demonstrations, calling for action, it was expecting it's going to be a light switch. You know, it's it starts yeah. with acknowledgement that there is something that's going on. And I think that we have it's seen, I mean, in uh, in New Orleans a couple of days ago where where those demonstrators ended up on I-10 for a short time. You know, once once the police force was up there, it, you know, a conversation actually happened. And, you know, kind of the sentiment of that turned into we want to see change, too. You know, we acknowledge that yeah. there's a problem and we don't have all the answers. No one has all the answers. And I think that is sometimes where the division happens. It, you know, you're in on opposite sides of the issue and you say, well, that's not going to help. But then on the other side of the issue, it's it's like it's a light switch, as I said. And it's really just acknowledgement that yeah. there's something happening. And also that maybe things are not as easy for everyone as they are for you. And, and that's okay to do. It's uncomfortable, but it's okay to do. All right. 100%. So, and I think. Oh, oh no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, I think, you know, a good way to look at it too is, you know, we're protesting just this, this one thing happening in the country. There's so many issues and things that people care about, but it's like, if we were having a, um, a breast cancer rally to raise funds and awareness for that, like someone from, you know, colon cancer wouldn't show up and be like, hey, why are you not talking about colon cancer right now? And it's like, oh, no, we will talk about that, too. And so we just want people to know that it's you're able to care and be passionate about a ton of different issues. And right now, I mean, and then for a long history in our country, this has been an issue and there hasn't been as much progress as there should be. So this is why people are talking about this right now. And I would like to mention um, that today actually would have been the 27th birthday of Breonna Taylor, the Louisville woman who was killed in March um, when a squad of police used a battering ram to enter her apartment with a no-knock warrant and they um, shot her eight times and killed her. So I just think that it, it's to the point of where people are unable to keep track of how many people of color are being killed in this country and it shouldn't be an occurrence at all. And so that is, that's the issue here. And, you know, thankfully we have lovely police force in Lafayette who are willing to support us speaking out on this. Okay. So dialogues can begin. You can go out there tomorrow. It starts yeah. at 10 o'clock. Anything else we need to know? 
Oh, um, please bring a mask if you can, um, gloves if you can, and um, please get dropped off or carpool if you can, just because we, we never know how many people are going to show up. And, uh, and we're looking forward to everyone coming out, meeting, meeting new people, making new friends, and uh, using your voice for good. Well, thanks so much for joining us this morning. We certainly appreciate it to get the information from one of the organizers. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Bye. Bye-bye. And we will get the information onto our website, kpel965.com, of course, where to meet. And, um, you know, look. If it's, it's something you want to do, do it. Say, if it's not something you want to do, don't have to do it. So it's there if you wish. It is a sign of a thriving community and that we people cover the news. care. You we know? cover the news. All right, 633 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. More of that news in Bernie's headlines after a quick one-minute break. This is Acadiana's home for breaking news and weather. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Depend on. It's the bottom of the hour. Now the top stories from KPL96.5.com. KPL News Time coming up now on 635, 73 degrees here at KPL. The four Minneapolis police officers involved in the death of George Floyd have all now been charged, but protesters are still taking to the streets around the country. Fox's Lauren Green has more from New York City. Marchers took to the streets of Brooklyn, demonstrating near the Barclays Center, the scene of much violence earlier this week. It was a large but more peaceful protest, similar scenes occurring throughout New York's five boroughs as protesters made their way through city streets, shouting their mantra, Black Lives Matter. After 8 p.m., cops finally began aggressively enforcing the curfew, and that's when the scuffles and skirmishes started as officers worked to disperse the crowds. Sometimes by wedging a gap between the groups and blocking off streets. Dozens were arrested. That's Lauren Green reporting for Fox News. Well, in different U.S. cities, calls to cut funding for police. Fox's Todd Pyro has the story. That push growing exponentially, now being echoed by a number of Democrats. This with Black Lives Matter calling for a national defunding of police, saying, quote, we demand investment in our communities and the resources to ensure black people not only survive, but thrive. In New York City, it is a double whammy. COVID-19 budget shortfalls combined with anti-cop sentiment, leading city officials to seek a cut to the NYPD of between 5 and 7%. That is Fox's Todd Pyro reporting. Now, Democrats in Congress are preparing legislation designed to change police practices. Fox's Jared Hilburn has more for us on the story from Capitol Hill. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says Democrats led by the Congressional Black Caucus will unveil a police reform package early next week. Addressing the loss of trust between police departments and communities they serve, we will not relent until that is... Um secured that justice is secured pelosi mentioned provisions to end racial profiling ending excessive use of force and ending qualified immunity house republican leader kevin mccarthy says he believes there is common ground noting proposals to enhance oversight training and the ability to remove bad officers on capitol hill jared halpern fox news and the number of george floyd protesters in new orleans swelled last night after there was some tear gas at Wednesday's event of an allegedly violent crowd near the Crescent City connection. Here's more on last night's event. Thousands gathered outside City Hall before marching through New Orleans. The night began with organizers issuing an ultimatum demanding the city redirect funds away from the police and towards social programs. If you want peace, you better meet these mother demands. 
Because where there is no justice, there will be no peace. The march ultimately made its way peacefully through the city with chants of I can't breathe and... The protesters trained most of their frustration on law enforcement that generally kept its distance from the crowd. And occasionally. The night ended at City Criminal Court with a vow that marches would continue today. I'm Matt Doyle. And tomorrow's event in Lafayette will be folks who will be meeting to peacefully do their protest and rally. They will meet at the area of the Lafayette Strong Pavilion near St. Barnabas Church. And then they'll walk about a mile across the, the, excuse me, the Camellia Bridge. And then they will return and have speakers at, well, that event begins at 10 a.m. Well, today is the day that phase two starts. Phase two of the economic reopening gets underway today. Some businesses will be reopening for the first time since March while occupancy will increase for other businesses. State Fire Marshal Butch Browning says restaurants, churches, movie theaters, gyms, shopping malls, museums, barbershops, and salons will all be able to increase capacity with social distancing. It brings our capacity to 50% instead of 25%. Casino and video poker establishments can increase to 50% capacity with a limit of 75% of their gaming positions active. Previously shuttered bars can open at 25% and massage parlors, tattoo studios, and esthetician services will open with additional guidelines. We've been a group that's went out there and worked with people and tried to build understanding so people can be safe. I'm Kevin Barnhart. Well, Colorado State University forecasters have upgraded the 2020 Atlanta hurricane season from above average expected activity to very active. CSU forecaster Jordan Jones says conditions haven't changed much from their earlier forecast, but because we've already seen three named storms this year, they're bumping up their end-of-season expectations to compensate. 16 additional named storms. Our major hurricane numbers remain at four, and we also expect at least one more hurricane on top of the eight storms that we've predicted before. The Gulf Coast has a 43% chance of being hit by a major hurricane, while Louisiana has a 16% chance. I'm Matt Doyle. It's coming up now on 641. Partly cloudy skies today, warm and humid, a 30% chance for afternoon storms. Highs around 91, back to 72 overnight tonight under mostly cloudy skies. Sun and clouds again for Saturday with an afternoon thunderstorm possible, a high again near 91. Sunday, the impacts of tropical storm Cristobal could bring us some windier conditions and some late afternoon showers and thunderstorms. Rain will become likely on Monday as tropical storm Cristobal moves on land. Temperatures Sunday and Monday around 86. From the storm Team 3 Weather Lab by meteorologist Dave Baker on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Right now, 73 degrees here at KPEL and weather brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard with your FICO credit score. And even if you're not a customer, you can learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Right now, traffic. No traffic crashes, no breakdowns to report to you. Make sure you're buckling up, keeping it safe out there. Traffic brought to you by Bob Evans Dinner Sides. Their family of products wants to remind you to drive sensibly as you get behind the wheel a bit more now. Drive smart and drive safely. You can also pick up Bob Evans mashed potatoes and mac and cheese at your local grocery store.
right, 642 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. So the session went on in a way during right. COVID-19. Yeah. There were still things that had to get done. However, there was a while that you know folks couldn't be together. So what ended up happening is we moved straight into this special session with almost no heartbeat in between. You know, like no, no, like let's just run back to base real quick. And but no, it is continued. And one of the big things that people are talking about still is the tort reform bill. State Representative Julie Emerson joins us. Uh, let's talk about this. And of course, we have some other questions for her as well. So first of all, good morning to you. Good talking to you. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing pretty good. How about you? Are you stressed out from all this COVID and the legislature, all this stuff? It just seems like a lot of stuff going on. You know, certainly the uh, COVID was very different, but I feel like every single year that I've been in the legislature, it's been kind of wild and <laughs> full of budget deficits and special sessions. So, you know, this is just a little bit normal for me. <laughs> Par for the course, I guess. Okay, so let's talk yeah. a little bit about that tort reform bill and kind of how it ended up at the end of the regular session and can it be tweaked during the special session? Yeah, you know, I, I think so. Um, I think sort of in the end, and this is pretty par for the course as we get down to the wire um, on the last day of session, but I think there were a couple things thrown in there in conference committee that um, maybe are not as desirable with um, collateral source and different things like that. And so I think uh Certainly, you know, there, there needs to be some fixes maybe in a special session, but, you know, that's pretty normal uh, for a major bill. There's always going to be a few tweaks that you have uh, after the initial bill gets passed. Um, of course, I have no idea if the governor is going to veto it. Um, we haven't really gotten uh, a clear direction from the governor's office on that. So uh, we'll see. But, but, yeah, I mean, I think everyone is at least pretty pleased that we were able to get something through. I think it's um, evidence of, you know, how hard so many people worked um, to get good people elected where, where they, you know, we, we could consider some changes like this. I mean, we're such an outlier. Um, I know all my, my attorney friends uh, kind of like the way things are, but we are such an outlier um, across the United States, especially when it comes to jury threshold and things like that. So, um, you know, obviously it's, you rarely ever get a perfect instrument but I do think it's something to build off of, and we'll see what happens on the governor's desk. You know, it's it's interesting because as it kind of went through, I mean, obviously we hear, I mean, it's like a, it's like a water hose. I mean, we hear the criticism, we hear the praise all at the same time. And it seemed like one sure. of the kind of, I don't know, prevailing criticisms was that this was too much, too much negotiating with the governor and nothing really changed in the end. Do you subscribe to that? Look, I, I think we were able to, to significantly lower the jury trial threshold, which that's the, the thing that we were such an outlier in. You know, we had a $50,000 jury trial threshold, um, and which was the next highest in the United States was 15000 um, in Maryland. And then I think it's 36 states have zero. Um, so clearly Louisiana was a significant outlier there. So that is one thing we were able to lower significantly by $40,000. So I, I certainly think that's worth it. Um, now, as far as negotiating with the governor, um, you know, he has to sign the bill. And we have to, in order for, you know, if he does veto it, we have to have a two-thirds override. And, you know, we did not 
Um, I think when it initially left the House, mm-hmm. we got about 72 votes. Um, but, you know, I'll, 72 votes leaving the House. And, I mean, when we came back on, on con- from conference committee, it was, um, it was under that. It was like 66, I think. Um, but even... Even though you had 72 votes in the House, that doesn't mean all 72 of those people would, would vote for a veto override because it's one thing to vote for a bill. is another thing to override the governor's veto. Um, so, you know, I think that there, there does have to be – he has to be in the discussion as far as um, trying to figure out if, you know, if he's going to sign it or not. Certainly he's not a big fan of the policy in general. Um, but, you know, obviously we – we want something that's going to be signed into law and make a real difference for the people in Louisiana. Anything else big that you expect from this special session? Um, you know, honestly, I, I really I haven't seen uh, a whole lot uh, authored yet. Of course, there's still time. We can we can mm-hmm. still uh, draft bills and, and file them. I, honestly, I don't really think there's a deadline. Certainly, you have. You have a you know, certain amount of time that you have to do it in order for it to make it through the process. But obviously the big discussion is going to be the budget. Um, you know, I think that since we've, we had two months cut out of session, um, you know, we're in a new term. We have half of the House are brand new members. Uh, we're about 46 of them. So 46 of the 105 are new members. Um, new budget chairman, new appropriations chairman. So. Um, you know, obviously something as large as the budget and, and the cuts that we're most likely going to have to make uh, deserve further discussion. So I think that's obviously going to be the biggest thing. And, and um, we and we do have you know, kind of the tandem issue with the oil and gas revenues, too. You know, so, I mean, it's not just it's not just COVID-19. And, and, and also, it wasn't Disney World before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I mean, it wasn't all perfect sure. and the happiest yeah. place on Earth before any of this happened. Um Stay represented, exactly. Williamson. Yeah, you're totally right. Okay, um, we have to wrap up here for time. We appreciate you, and and um, and we'll be in touch because yeah. I think a lot of people are watching to see what is going to happen with this. What does it mean? I know on the tort reform issue, one thing that you know, surprise, I can say me, probably Bernie too, when we were um, down for the lobby big day that they had in Baton Rouge, kind of to kick off the session. And one of the things we heard was not only is it personal car insurance rates, but the tort reform bill would also, you know, affect what businesses have to do and how they can, what's what they're paying for policies. Can they get policies? So I think a lot of people don't think about that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you guys. Thank you. Great talking to you. Have a great weekend. Six forty nine now at news talk 96, five KPL. We'll get this and all the interviews, of course, onto our website, KPL 965.com. Hey, don't forget you can subscribe to yeah. the podcast now. So cool. Um, you can listen to every hour of every of one of our live shows. I, anywhere how many, you go. How many times in the last two years have we had people say, "Hey, when y'all gonna get that? Can I hear that again? Hey, when 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 could I hear that?" Bernie, I, I timed I it yesterday. Yeah. It's about two and a half minutes after the hour ends. Wow. Before it is available. Nice. I mean, it's really cool. So you can find more about that at kpel965.com. Six fifty now. Like Dave Baker, we're gonna talk to him at eight ten, and Dave. Look, really look deeply into the crystal ball. <laughs> no, the Cristobal. The Cristobal. Yeah. <laughs> bump. I've been Boy, waiting to use good. that. I've been waiting to use that for days. <laughs> anyway. All right. Only a 30% chance of showers for today and tomorrow and a warm one. A high at 91 degrees Let me today tell you, and tomorrow. It smelled mm. like it, it felt like 
dragon's breath outside today. and smelled like it too it smelled I guess. like that's, it too i like guess a freudian slip there it kind of smelled like it a little bit too huh? it happened but i was happy to not Steamy. see fog which yeah, is no. good it's not Gosh. foggy out there this morning which is a good thing to all right and for those of you wondering okay well what about sunday well sunday it's a 50 50 shot in other words 50 percent of us will get some shower activity um windy with rain into monday but mostly it's going to be the southeastern portion of the state that will have to deal with the biggest brunt of Cristobal. But, you know, things can change, too. So we always remind you, just keep it right here on KPL. Plus, you got the website and Facebook, our other social platforms, just to keep in touch. Everyone has said something that they later regret, especially on social media. But now Facebook is allowing its users to delete multiple posts at the same time. But the big question is, is it really gone? Your Friday Consumer Tech Update is brought to you by Identity Guard. Credit-related alerts in near real time. Plans start at less than $7 a month. IdentityGuard.com slash Kim. Here's how it works. Go to your Facebook activity log. If you have many posts, sort them by date or specific people. Check all the comments you want removed. They will immediately disappear from public view, but they live on in the archive. So let's say there's something that you really want gone. Move those posts to trash, but they remain in the trash folder for 30 days before they completely disappear. But there's another but. Just because they disappear, remember that on the internet, nothing is ever completely gone. With proper warrants and court orders, anything posted anywhere can always be brought back to life. I'm Kip Commando. We're all in uncharted territory looking for ways to support our communities. At Dell Technologies, we're making sure small businesses have the right tech solutions. Dell Technologies advisors are here for you. From helping small businesses stay connected and productive while working remotely with Windows 10 and Microsoft Teams to rapidly deploying remote work solutions that limit upfront costs with Dell Financial Services. We're standing by you every step of the way. Call 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Now there's a better way to shop online with Honey. It's free and applies the best promo codes to your cart at checkout. Just click the Apply Coupons button and watch your price drop. Honey has over 100,000 five-star reviews on Google, and Honey customers have saved over $2 billion. It's 100% free and installs in seconds. Not using Honey is literally passing up free money. So get Honey for free today at joinhoney.com slash Kim. That's joinhoney.com slash Kim. Phone lines are open. Call the show at 232-1542. 232-1542. Then listen live anytime with the free KPL News app. Free in the App Store or Google Play. You might remember the New York Times Magazine reporter at responsible for that 1619 project said America's only foundation is 400 years of slavery. Well, she's got a new project. It's called it the 2020 Riot Project. Nicole Hannah-Jones interviewed by CBS News about the mayhem unfolding in Democrat cities. And she told everybody to be really careful with our language. She said that although it's disturbing to see property being destroyed and stolen, we ought to remember these are just things. She said that it isn't moral to describe smashing and looting as violence. 
Destroying property which can be replaced is not violent, she said. Nicole Hannah-Jones did not acknowledge the people who have been killed during all this torching and destroying and looting and pillaging and ransacking, uh, nor did she mourn the businesses that have died or are going to die. First, business owners were forced by their blue state governors and mayors to shut down for months because of the coronavirus. Now the violent riots have destroyed their life's work and dreams and their vandalized businesses and stolen things won't just be magically replaced. They're dead. So excuse us, uh, Ms. New York Times Magazine, if we think it's far more than merely disturbing that this is happening while elected Democrat officials sit on their hands and literally do nothing to stop it. And in fact, some of them even applaud and encourage more of it. Folks, it is once again my privilege to join Mahindra in honoring those who have so bravely served our country. It's time for the seventh annual Mahindra Military Salute Giveaway. To celebrate our Independence Day, the 4th of July, we will randomly select one deserving service member to receive a new Mahindra 4540 four-wheel drive tractor. It's a real deal. Tough as nails. Compact utility tractor with an impressive loader and three-point lift capacities. So help us find a brave American to receive this rugged Mahindra. To nominate somebody who is active duty or a veteran of the military and to get official rules, visit RushLimbaugh.com and look for the Mahindra Military Salute Giveaway. Thanks to Mahindra, the official tractor of tough. And God bless all of you who protect our freedom. Take advantage of rock bottom prices and test drive a Mahindra today at Longlinay Tractor in Abbeville or visit LonglinayTractor.com. That's longlinatractor.com. The Rush Morning Update is brought to you by Luxury Limo of Lafayette. Book your next traveling party at luxurylimooflafayette.net. We're working for you around the clock to keep you informed. We are Acadiana's home for news and talk. KPEL-FM Brokerage, Lafayette. Apology and a plea. I'm Chris Foster, Fox News. New York City's police commissioner says he's sorry about some officers' excessive use of force and racial bias against protesters over the last week. Dermot Shea is also asking for an end to violence against his officers, including being hit by cars, cement-filled water bottles, bricks, and a fire extinguisher. One officer was stabbed. In Buffalo, New York, a man's hospitalized after being shoved by police. Some videos show police in Buffalo, New York, shoving a 75-year-old man. The blow so hard he falls to the ground. You can see he's knocked unconscious as blood seeps from his head. Instead of rendering aid, several officers walk past him as they try to clear curfew violators from the streets. One video shows an officer trying to clear out a public radio reporter who's been watching the events unfold. Get off the steps. Let's go. Get back. Get back. Better get an ambulance for him. Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown says the 75-year-old is hospitalized in serious but stable condition. Both officers suspended without pay. Jill Nato, Fox News. President Trump heads to Maine today. On the president's itinerary, a tour of Puritan medical products in the small town of Guilford in north central Maine. Also a roundtable discussion with leaders from the commercial fishing industry in Bangor. Democratic Governor Janet Mills is urging President Trump to check the rhetoric at the door and abandon the divisive words as protests over the death of George Floyd continue in her state. Republican Senator Susan Collins will not meet with the president. The Republican is at the Capitol in Washington. Rachel Sutherland, Fox News. 
A couple, their four young children and two cats are found dead in their car in the family's garage in San Antonio, Texas. The police chief says there's evidence this was murder-suicide by intentional carbon monoxide poisoning. He says it was a military family who'd moved into the area in January. America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. A Six Flags amusement park closed by coronavirus restrictions is reopening today. The Six Flags amusement park in Oklahoma City will start reopening with a three-day preview for members and season pass holders. Frontier City is the first of Six Flags 26 parks to allow customers back after they were closed due to the coronavirus. The park will have limited capacity and safety protocols in place, including a mask requirement for all workers and customers. Those who don't have a mask can buy one at the entrance to the park, where there will also be a a temperature screening check. Social distancing will be required for lines as well as on the rides. Frontier City's website says reservations are required for the park and they've already sold out for this weekend. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. Tropical depression Cristobal is due to reach the Gulf of Mexico this afternoon with landfall expected in Louisiana Sunday into Monday. The system has brought already close to three feet of rain to parts of Guatemala and El Salvador. Heavy rain and flooding will be the biggest danger from this storm with rain already moving into Florida and parts of the Gulf Coast states. Flood watches are in effect for portions of Louisiana, Mississippi and South Florida. Tropical storm and storm surge advisories will also be posted today. Fox meteorologist Janice Dean. A dispute on the Korean border over balloons. South Korea saying it plans to ban activists from flying balloons into North Korea. Critics of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un have used the tactic for years to deliver leaflets. But the crackdown comes after Kim's powerful sister lashed out. Kim Yo-jong calling some of the activists human scum and threatening to end a military agreement with the South if the launches continue. South Korea has previously defended the balloons as an expression of free speech. Simon Owen, Fox News. The May jobs report comes out at 8.30 Eastern. Some economists are expecting a 20% unemployment rate, the highest number since the 1930s during the Great Depression. I'm Chris Foster. This is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Right now, 73 degrees here at Cape Line. Bernadette Lee with your news and information update. Well, on Wednesday night, New Orleans police fired tear gas at George Floyd protesters after some of the people in the crowd allegedly began planning to assault a line of officers. NOPD Superintendent Sean Ferguson says social media video back up their claim that some elements were organizing an effort 
to break through police lines and get on to the Crescent City Connection Bridge. We did not deploy gas on a peaceful protest. We did deploy gas on individuals who chose to use force against our officers. Now, Ferguson also disputed claims that officers fired pellets or other projectiles into the crowd. Ferguson says after rolling one tear gas canister and firing another from a launcher, the crowd did begin disperse. We still had approximately two to three hundred people still left up there with us. A few of those two or three hundred attempted to continue to break the line, resulting in the arrest of five individuals. Now, protesters had set up on the interstate near the bridge connecting the east and west bank of New Orleans. We have been the, the, the prime example, the shining beacon for the entire nation. We have been receiving phone calls throughout the week as to what is it that New Orleans is doing to keep it so peaceful. And we have just tarnished that. Mm, because all of the protests before that had been peaceful. Now, last night, the number of people who are protesting in New Orleans really swelled. There is more on that story from Matt Doyle. Thousands gathered outside City Hall before marching through New Orleans. The night began with organizers issuing an ultimatum demanding the city redirect funds away from the police and towards social programs. If you want peace, you better meet these mother demands because where there is no justice... There will be no peace. The march ultimately made its way peacefully through the city with chants of I can't breathe and The protesters trained most of their frustration on law enforcement that generally kept its distance from the crowd. And occasionally The night ended at city criminal court with a vow that marches would continue today. I'm Matt Doyle. A peaceful protest will happen tomorrow in Lafayette. It starts at 10 o'clock at the Lafayette Strong Pavilion, and they will walk on the sidewalk uh, for about a mile. All told for the route, they'll walk across the Camellia Bridge and return back to the Lafayette Strong area. Anchor store JCPenney in Acadiana Mall is closing for good. Now, the company is closing 154 locations nationwide, and the Acadiana Mall location will be included in the first round of closures. JCPenney has had trouble keeping afloat financially in recent years. While most people are still waiting and wondering about live concerts and when they'll return to Lafayette's Cajun Dome, it doesn't mean that there won't be things to have some fun at the Cajun Dome. They announced yesterday the venue will host three free outdoor events in June and July. The events are free for you and your family, and the Cajun Dome is calling the events Louisiana Saturday Night Farm and Flea. You and your family can stroll through a farmer's market and flea market as well, and vendors will have merchandise for sale. Phase two of the economic reopening does start today. Some businesses will reopen for the first time since March while occupancy will increase for other businesses. State Fire Marshal Butch Browning says restaurants, churches, movie theaters, gyms, shopping malls, museums, barbershops, and salons will all be able to increase capacity with social distancing. It brings our capacity to 50% instead of 25%. Casino and video poker establishments can increase to 50% capacity with a limit of 75% of their gaming positions active. Previously shuttered bars can open at 25% and massage parlors, tattoo studios, and esthetician services will open with additional guidance. Lines. We've been a group that's went out there and worked with people and tried to build understanding so people can be safe. I'm Kevin Barnhart. Senator Bill Cassidy says he believes a coronavirus vaccine will be ready by October. Cassidy says he spoke with one of the companies working on a vaccine and he's confident 
that one of them could be available at least by November. Which means that you can go to the LSU-Alabama game and see us put up um, you know, another 40-something points, and you can be safe. Now, that's great news, and it's a lot faster than anybody thought. Cassidy says if studies indicate the product is effective and it receives the green light from regulators, there will be an ample supply that will be ready to go. So there's going to be 200 million doses of vaccine ready the day those studies complete. Now, if the studies show it doesn't work, we'll throw away 200 million doses. But if the studies show that the vaccine does work, we'll start giving it the next day. Cristobal has been downgraded to a tropical depression as the system moved out of southern Mexico Barry Kime, state climatologist, says the National Hurricane Center is still predicting Cristobal will move back into the Gulf, and it has done that now, then heading more towards Louisiana's coast. And then making landfall late Sunday night or very early Monday morning. Colorado State University forecasters upgrading the 2020 Atlantic hurricane season from above-average expected activity to very active. CSU forecaster Jordan Jones says conditions haven't changed much from their earlier forecast, but because we've already seen three named storms this year, they're bumping up their end-of-season expectations to compensate. 16 additional named storms or major hurricane numbers remain at four, and we also expect at least one more hurricane on top of the eight storms that we've predicted before. The Gulf Coast has a 43% chance of being hit by a major hurricane, while Louisiana has a 16% chance. I'm Matt Doyle. It's coming up now on 7-11 and our news update being brought to you by Matthew James Financial. Wealth management and retirement planning is just a phone call away. 366-8366. That's 366-8366. Partly to mostly cloudy skies today. Highs around 91. We'll see a 30% chance for an afternoon storm. Overnight, lows dropping back into the lower 70s under mostly cloudy skies. Sun and clouds again Saturday with an afternoon storm possible. A high near 91. Then into Sunday, skies becoming mostly cloudy with rainy conditions developing by the afternoon. Also becoming quite breezy as tropical storm Cristobal moves closer to the coast. Temperatures on Sunday should reach 86 degrees. Into Monday, that's when we expect uh, tropical Tropical storm Cristobal to be moving over the Acadiana area with a landfall right now predicted to be sometime around midnight, late Sunday night, early Monday morning. Temperatures on Monday will hover in the mid-80s. It'll be windy and rainy with temperatures topping out around 82 degrees. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm meteorologist Dave Baker on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Right now, 73 degrees here at KPEL. Our weather update brought to you by the Jambalaya Shop. 4150 West Congress, across from St. Edmund's Church, serving up fresh jambalaya, pastalaya, and sides in their convenient drive through They've got carryout and delivery as well. News Talk 96.5, KPL. Right now, traffic. No traffic crashes, no breakdowns to report to you. Make sure you buckle up, keep it safe.
right, it is 716 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL on this Friday morning. I'm not seeing a cloud in the sky right now. I know, it looks nice. Who were we talking to yesterday that got all confused? Oh, it wasn't even on the show. It was my best friend. And we were uh, and we were talking about getting together. Uh-huh. Um, he has used his COVID-19 time. Like, we haven't seen them in three months, okay, right? other yeah. than over FaceTime sure. and talking on the phone. He has used his time to create this fire pit area in the, cool. his backyard. Yeah. So tonight we're going to have an outdoor movie. Yeah. And we're going to have s'mores. I don't know what's happening before, after, or during all that. But but the s'mores, the s'mores are what count. I mean, Kayla I'm with Morse you. joins us on the phone, the Rustic Renegade. How are you, sir? I'm wonderful. Now I'm imagining my nice burnt s'mores. How I delicious know. they would taste. Oh, I, yes. like, I like that marshmallow to where you have no idea what it was before. Me too. Like, I like that charred taste. And actually... Um, we grew up with a family, the Gonzalez family in San Antonio, who also told me that is why I probably like my tortillas charge, like, you know, flour tortillas. Ah. I always throw those on the gas uh, uh, stove to just burn them a little bit before yeah. we eat them as tacos. It's actually the sugar ah, in the tortilla makes sense. that does that. The caramelization. I mean, anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, now he's hungry, too. Caleb, sorry renegade. we did that to yeah. you. Well, oh, yeah. One more topic, though. One more point about the s'mores. We have we started doing adult s'mores, okay? So we get oh. that trash Hershey's chocolate for the kids. I'm just kidding; it's not <laughs> it's not trash. But anyway, you just um, we get it's less expensive. Okay, right? I'm just I'm just saying it's okay. basic, okay? <laughs> but there's nothing basic about Rob Kirkpatrick's. So what you guys need to know, we get the the symphony. You know those symphony bars? Yeah, it has the chunks delicious. of the oh toffee gosh, and the yeah. almonds and stuff. Do it that way. You'll never fight with your kid about going camping ever again. Anyway, <laughs> all right, to the topic at hand. First of all, Caleb, how are things for you? Does phase two, which starts today, mean anything different for your business? Phase two means that the uh, the Tomahawk range will be open up soon. We're finishing up some final maintenance on it. You know, and that's going to allow us to increase our capacity a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, on on the patrons that are inside, so we will see some progression with it. So we are excited about it. That's cool, you know. And yes. I think just more places can have more people. I think the number goes up for restaurants now. Mm-hmm. It's fifty percent, I believe. Which you know, there's so many places I've been to for the first time during all this because I just had to like get out and see civilization and have that personal contact. So I'm excited to see what it what it looks like in phase two. It's a little bit closer to normal. Um, We've been talking a lot this week about the different demonstrations that have happened um, across the country. Um, last night, uh, Bernie had in our newscast a few minutes ago, uh, things finally got violent in uh, in New Orleans. It hadn't happened the first few days. They had been peaceful demonstrations. Then they had some issues last night with some folks getting on the Crescent City Connection Bridge. Um, several days ago in Minneapolis, you had a situation where a fuel truck um, ended up, it, it was obviously still on the road, but it ended up in the middle of those protesters. That driver was pulled out of that truck, beaten. No others were hurt. Um, he, it was weird because it was like he was arrested for driving into the crowd. And then later, I, I think the official police report says he was actually trying to get out of the situation and was sort of blocked in. So um, when you hear this sort of thing, I know Caleb, personal safety and situational awareness and you know, all of these things are so important to you. We talk to you about them a lot. But you look at a situation like this, and it's sort of like, where do you go? I mean, even in Los Angeles, when they have they have some places where these uh, demonstrations are blocking intersections. Well, if you're sitting in your car, where do you go? You're like a sitting duck. Yeah, and 
you know, the protesters have a right to be in certain areas. Mm-hmm. They go through and you have to apply for permits and everything to have a protest. So they have a legal right to be there and they have a legal right and, and, and a natural right to disagree. Yep. Uh, but you as a, as a driver on a motorway don't have to exactly, we'll call it, come to a complete stop. Right. Or protesters that are blocking the, the roads, the roadways. You know, Louisiana, they can't block roadways. Most states have laws, and there's a federal that prohibits them from blocking roadways. Ever since the 1992 Rodney King riots, whenever drivers that stopped, not all of them, but a few of them were actually beaten and killed, they've readdressed that. Um, federal law says that you can proceed at a safe rate of speed. Now, most of these protesters, you know, in Louisiana, we're very, very fortunate. We've had very, very peaceful protests. The one that happened in Lafayette not too long ago was very peaceful. Uh, Baton Rouge has been overall uh, peaceful. There have been uh, a few small fires set and things like that. New Orleans has seen the brunt of uh, the violence that's happening right now, which, which thankfully is minor compared to other areas. But you can travel through at a low rate of speed and proceed with safety because as the protesters are there, they want to be safe as well. Now, you as the driver are perfectly fine in your vehicle, which you need to remember is your vehicle is an extension of your home in Louisiana. So you can travel through. I've had a lot of people call me, you know, wanting to know, look, I've got my firearm with me. What do I do? You know, and maintain your safety and those in your vehicle. Good situational awareness would mean that, in my opinion, whenever you see a protest ahead, change direction as soon as possible. There's no reason to try to instigate it or elevate anything. Just try to change direction and simply drive around it as you can. If you can't, your vehicle becomes formed, maintain those, those doors being locked, windows rolled up, travel through, make minimal contact with people, don't get in a yelling match, all you're going to do is you are outnumbered, and things will slowly start to go up. Mm-hmm. If they start to break windows or try to enter your vehicle, you can respond with force to protect yourself. But understand that ability, opportunity, and jeopardy must still be met for any legal force. Do you think in the, the state of Louisiana and, you know, we'll say even more specifically New Orleans up until this point, are we uniquely qualified because of Mardi Gras and other big events to handle crowds than other places are? Because I watch it happen, and it, it doesn't seem like the officers who are there are intimidated. Where you can see in some of these cities, they're not used to a 1,000 people being on the same street at the same time, you know, or 5,000 or 10,000. You know, many other states send their police officers down here for crowd control. Uh, up to about five years ago, as far as I can remember, the uh, NOPD and JPSO were, were one of the best in the nation for crowd control because of things like Mardi Gras on our festivals. And a lot of other cities in Louisiana trained with them and, and worked things. And here in Lafayette, the Mounted Patrol does a great job of crowd control. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you look at, like, in Houston recently, they were actually starting to throw bricks at the horses themselves. Mm. And those horses are actually commissioned police officers. So those protesters that assaulted those horses will be charged as if they had assaulted a police officer. Hmm. I know? did not think about that at all. I think, did And not. I think a lot of people don't in the moment. The emotions run so high, you're not thinking about little things like that. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot that goes to mistake with it, you know, and the beauty about the United States is we can agree or disagree either way. You know, it's okay. You can have your own opinion, um, and you can have moral grounds that we individually stand on. But at the end of the day, we're all Americans, you know, and, and these, the, the protesters and the patrons and everything else, they're still American people, and we need to treat each other with 
the respect yep. that, that we each deserve. That's right. That's a great point. That's right. right. 724. Caleb Morse joins us from the Rustic Renegade. We're going to take a quick break. Come back. Talk about the almighty shotgun. People Ooh. looking into their gun cabinets and realizing it's kind of like Old Faithful. It's always there. We're going to ask Caleb Morse about it. And okay. uh, how important it could be, especially in these crazy times, um, not to use on each other folks listening but in case you have to i don't know hunter gatherer you know yeah maybe you need and so many more people are taking up fishing and hunting and people want to do know. it they had the go. time we'll kind of talk more with kayla morse after this hey it's rob kirkpatrick and i want to tell you about a brand new feature at kpel965.com listen to every hour of every day of acadiana's morning news now you need to just get up and listen to all the great interviews when they happen live but maybe you're busy Maybe you want to listen in your car in the afternoon. Go to kpel965.com, click on Listen Live, and then click Acadiana's Morning News. There you'll find a podcast brought to you by LABI, Louisiana Association of Business and Industry. That's kpel965.com. All right, 727. Kayla Morse, the Rustic Renegade, is on with us. And shotguns coming back into popularity as you know, people are hunting more, but people are also looking for for firearms. Maybe it's a little bit budget conscious thing, a, a, a firearm that can do multiple things, you know, that can help you in different ways. Oh, yeah, we've, we've gotten a massive request for people wanting something that they can use to go hunting as well as for home defense. And I'm seeing a big increase in sales of like pump 20 gauge and pump 12 gauge. You can get... You know, used hunting shotgun, a good one, like a Remington 87 or a Mossberg 500 for under $400. And we're seeing a massive increase in that because it is so versatile. When you think about it, for hunting, for deer hunting, everything else, uh, a buckshot, number nine buckshot, is nine six-and-a-half millimeter projectiles. Wow. So it gives you a good shot placement, a good little pattern. Yeah. They can put down a good-sized animal that will feed your family for you know, half a year pretty easily. Uh, and then you can do the same thing and put the same shot in it for home defense. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are concerned about over-penetration and everything else. And the way most shotgun rounds are designed, it really limits your collateral damage on the other side. Huh. And these are firearms that can last 30 years with minimal maintenance. Ah, see, and, and the minimal maintenance, that's big, look, you know? And we have an expert. Uh, he's on the phone with us right now, Caleb Morse, and you can get in touch with him at the Rustic Renegade anytime. Caleb, tell people how they can find you, the store, your hours, everything else. You know, they could call us, 337-357-1168. Uh, reach out to us online at therusticrenegade.com or come by and see us at the shop, 2842 Northeast of Andrew Thruway. All right, Caleb Morse, good talking to you. Have a great weekend. And don't forget your donuts. Yes, I National Donut I Day I today. <laughs> sure is. All right, 729 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. Bernie's headlines are just ahead on Acadiana's Get Breaking News. News first and exclusive content now. Download the free KPL News app, free in the App Store and Google Play. It's the bottom of the hour. Now the top stories from KPL965.com. KPL News Time coming up now on 730, 175 degrees. I'm Bernadette Lee. Protesters still out on the streets after a severe storm injured two National Guard members 
During the D.C. protests last night, Fox's Mark Meredith has more on the story. There is no curfew in effect for D.C. right now. That could change over the weekend, depending on what we see. And we have seen protesters continue to come out. Right now, traffic is reopened. There's really no protesters out at the moment. We see the city working with some muralists to paint big words that say, Black Lives Matter in huge letters. It's going to be the road that leads up to the White House as they get ready for another weekend of protesting ahead. We'll be looking to see just how many people show up. The mayor of Washington, D.C. is now calling for out-of-state soldiers to be removed from the city. In other headlines today, coronavirus case numbers jumping again in parts of Asia. India and Pakistan, each reporting record daily increases in coronavirus infections. India counting nearly 10,000 new cases, Pakistan just under 5,000. India's surge comes after hundreds of thousands of workers returned to rural areas after a nationwide lockdown was lifted. While Pakistan's prime minister, who relaxed a lockdown last month, says his country must learn to live with the virus to avoid an economic crisis. Simon Owen, Fox News. The Senate Judiciary Committee postponing a vote on authorizing subpoenas for dozens of former President Barack Obama's officials regarding the origins of the FBI's Russia investigation. Speaking in an exclusive interview on Fox Business Network's Mornings with Maria, Republican Congressman Brad Winstrup of Ohio reacting to the ongoing investigation in the Senate. The Senate needs to do this in a fair and upright way, and I think that they are doing it. I'm disappointed there's a delay in the subpoenas. Why not bring in people and ask them questions? Why should there be a delay on that? Now, Chairman Graham is delaying a vote until next week to allow amendments from Democrats. Democrats argue the committee's investigation is a distraction aimed to help President Donald Trump's re-election efforts. And they've questioned why the subpoenas focus on former Obama administration officials. Well, the state is moving into phase two of the economic reopening today. That change means establishments that previously were allowed to operate at 25% capacity will now see that increased to 50% capacity. State Fire Marshal Butch Browning says things will look a bit different at restaurants and churches starting today. We're allowing restaurants to do a different type of table spacing as well as our churches to do a different type of seating arrangement, all based on the improvements of the COVID numbers in Louisiana. Movie theaters, gyms, shopping malls, museums, barbershops and salons will be able to increase their capacity to 50 percent now with social distancing. So with all of this comes changes, and a lot of people have been unemployed or underemployed. We take a look now at unemployment numbers with Rob Kirkpatrick. So just two minutes ago, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, non-farm payroll employment rises by 2.5 million people in the month of May. Wow. Way better than expected. People going they back to work. Be even bigger, huh? And that unemployment rate, it's fallen. Now just 13.3%. Now, you know, there were some speculation that we could get to 20%, especially nearing some areas like the Great Depression. But those numbers this morning encouraging for the workforce, 13.3%. We'll get more for you up at kpal965.com. Thanks, Rob. The coronavirus. Well, could we have a vaccine ready by the fall? Senator Bill Cassidy says after talking with one drug company, he thinks it's possible. If their vaccine works and their initial evidence is that it does, it'll be ready to give to people by October. Cassidy says the studies indicate the product is effective and it receives the green light from regulators. There will be an ample supply ready. Congress put up money to produce vaccine even before it completed testing. So there's going to be 200 million doses the day those studies complete. 
Cassidy says if successful, the timeline is promising for resuming sports. You can go to the LSU-Alabama game and see us put up um, you know, another 40-something points, and you can be safe. I'm Kevin Barnhart. Cristobal has been downgraded to a tropical depression. State climatologist Barry Kime says National Hurricane Center predicts that Cristobal will head towards Louisiana's coast. And then making landfall late Sunday night or very early Monday morning. It's coming up now on 736 here at KPL. Our news update be, uh, being brought to you by Bob Evans Dinner Sides. Their family of products wants to remind you to drive sensibly as you get behind the wheel. Probably a bit more now. Drive smart, drive safely. When you get to your local grocery store, you can look for Bob Evans mashed potatoes and mac and cheese. Partly to mostly cloudy skies today. Highs around 91. We'll see a 30% chance for an afternoon storm. Overnight, lows dropping back into the lower 70s under mostly cloudy skies. Sun and clouds again Saturday with an afternoon storm possible. A high near 91. Then into Sunday, skies becoming mostly cloudy with rainy conditions developing by the afternoon. Also becoming quite breezy as tropical storm Cristobal moves closer to the coast. Temperatures on Sunday should reach 86 degrees. Into Monday, that's when we expect uh, tropical Tropical storm Cristobal to be moving over the Acadiana area with a landfall right now predicted to be sometime around midnight, late Sunday night, early Monday morning. Temperatures on Monday will hover in the mid 80s. It'll be windy and rainy with temperatures topping out around 82 degrees. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm meteorologist Dave Baker on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. So right now, 75 degrees here at KPEL. All right, it is 737 now at News Talk 96.5 KPEL. And joining us on the phone, Louisiana State Treasurer Dron Schoter. Well, Gosh. listen to us this morning. Dron Schoter. Okay. That hey. could be a great alias for you, sir, if you're checking yeah. into a hotel and you don't want anyone to know you're there. Dron <laughs> Schoter. Good morning. Uh, I'll t- uh, you know what? Right now, I'll take that. Yeah. Better, than, better than Carlos Danger, you know? Right? That's very obvious. <laughs> Anyway, uh, good morning to you. Thanks for taking some time for us this morning. Uh, look, yeah. you, you, you're the money man, all right? You, you are the money man. All right, before we get into the nuts and bolts of everything, I do want to say thank you to, to the state of Louisiana and to you because last time we interviewed you, either right at the end of the interview or right after, I went on the Unclaimed Property website. I have never in all these years, Treasurer Schroeder, not one time, have I ever had any unclaimed property, but guess what? I got a big old check from the Louisiana Treasury for $23. Well, 23 is better than zero. <laughs> or owing 23. Right? You can always look at it that way. I was excited. I spent yep. it. I actually spent it. Uh, my husband and I <laughs> ordered from a local restaurant. And so I was like, I'm just going to put it into the economy for a local restaurant. And so yeah. it was good stuff. So let's talk about well, that process. Me, yeah. yeah, go ahead. It's, it's, it's the most positive thing that I get to deal with on a day-to-day and day-out <laughs> basis. And, and look, I, I, I got to just brag. I mean, you don't get a lot of opportunities to brag. But, you know, I told somebody else in an interview yesterday, you know, the, the, the government workers tend to get... You know, lumped in with, with, yeah, with government, quote. And let me tell you, man, the the one thing that I have learned as being state treasurer for two plus years now, man, we got some seriously 
great public servants. And I'm not talking about elected people. I'm talking about people who get up every day, go to work, and work for the taxpayers. And my department's outstanding. But this unclaimed property group, Bernie and Rob, they have gone. My first year, we did 32,000 claims. Uh, wow. My first full year, if you know, if you remember, I finished an unexpired uh, year. Uh, so my first fiscal year was like seven, eight months. But my first full year, we did 207,000 claims. This year, we're going to go over 200,000 again, and we're going to set a record for the amount of money that they return with the same staff, just different technology, a little, a little less red tape. And, and, and marketing some, you know, spending some money advertising and marketing. And uh, they're going to do $55 million, which they average about 20 to 25 a year. So, it, but we still have $900 million that belong to the citizens of Louisiana. So that that fund is is really at the center of what has been a back and forth. Uh, you went to court uh, and... The governor uh, against what you wanted to do, and 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 your idea was to keep this fund, this unclaimed property, completely separate from the general fund, so that it can't be included in other projects. The governor wanted that money there; uh, has been very outspoken about that. And um, uh, in that lawsuit, he prevailed. So, what's different now? What changes for people who may have unclaimed property going forward? Well, it's not over. We're, we're appealing it. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to take it to the Supreme Court if I have to. Um, I, look, I, the, the lawsuit, it's a little, little technical in the sense that we believe it's, it's left up to the treasurer's discretion. Mm-hmm. Forget what it, the money is and what it's for. I believe, according to the law, that it's, it's up to the discretion of the treasurer. They've been doing this as a practice for 30 years. But it wasn't until the fund was short that anybody ever stopped, read every letter of the law, and said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Why have we been doing this for all these years? Well, they've had leftover money. Yeah. And, and what, what does government typically do with money that they find left over? You know, so... As you guys know me well enough, I'm I'm not a big fan. I'm more of a fan of you, the taxpayer, and giving you money rather than being a fan of government and letting government spend extra money. So anyway, uh, you know, we're, we're we're in court fighting over whether whether I have the authority to to hold this money or not. What we do with it is a whole different argument. I believe. We should take the opportunity to create a trust fund and save the money, earn interest, and use that for state government and, and not the principal. You know, we, we have about $8 billion in Louisiana locked up in trust funds that make money. Uh, and, and that's no stress on the taxpayers. Just imagine if we could lock up some more money and 20 years from now uh, throwing off 30, 35, $40 million a year. It's hard to do that. Yeah. And I, I just think it's a prudent financial move, uh, but the governor doesn't agree. So huh. you still are in the appeals process, so I guess we just wait and see, right? Yeah, it's going to take a little while. Uh, 
You know, but look, I, I was I was dealt a blow this week. You know, um, I, I, we had some bills filed that would uh, that aside from the lawsuit would put the money in a, in the trust fund uh, because I need legislation to do it. But the governor, uh, with with his power, was able to block it in the Senate. It's the first time we've got it in three years to a vote on a Senate floor. And we lost by two votes. We had four Republicans uh, vote against you having the right to vote on how you want this money uh, spent. Four Republicans, all the de- all but one Democrat, and four Republicans believe that you shouldn't have that right. Hmm. Wow, fascinating well, discussion. Well, sir, if we do want to look up for unclaimed property, how do we do it? It's very easy. Go to latreasury.com, and on the, on the, on our main page, you'll see it right there in the middle of the page. It's unclaimed property. Just click on it, and uh, you you could spend a day just punching in your name, your friends' names, your family names, your your business, and and I got to tell y'all, you got to look up your business because we have millions of dollars. Uh, that are owed to businesses, nonprofits, churches. We recently gave one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to uh, the United Way in New Orleans, Whoa. who had wow. one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in there. And, and remember now, this is this is your money to begin with. It, it gets it gets it goes to the state because these companies, these holders, as they are called or described in law. They just lose you. They can't find you. So uh, instead of spending the money to go find you, it's just easier for them to comply with the law and turn it over to the state of Louisiana. Then it's left up to us. And, and a lot of people believe, and I get a lot of comments on my Facebook, because, well, why don't you just call the people? Well, we don't have any information other than the names. Yeah, but uh, we've, we've made an extra effort right now to locate businesses uh we've had quite a few in the lafayette area uh that we've gotten some money back and uh you know during this whole coronavirus crisis yeah you know what with these unemployment numbers that we're just getting out i'm diving into them now you know we had some of these projections i mean during the height of the covid19 response when things came to a standstill i think the one thing we can look at is i'm i'm thankful everything didn't come to a standstill at the same time you know because we, we heard some predictions that we could see 20% unemployment. It's actually way better than forecasted 13.3%. And all that translates into money for the state. So we appreciate you looking yeah. out for it. Well, let me just tell you all this, too. And, Bernie, you've heard me talk about this before. We, we, it's, it's, we're we're going to be in a crisis if we don't get this economy back cranking because government continues to grow as – as we're suffering on in business and our business isn't what it is, my business isn't what it was, government's growing. Yeah. So the, the, the demand for government and the affordability of what it's going to take to run government is growing. So you're actually moving in two different directions. The economy's not doing well. Business isn't making the money, not paying the taxes they were paying, but your government is growing. That's a problem. That's a major, major problem that has not been addressed. Well, I think that's a conversation that yeah, is going right? to continue. Continue, absolutely. Months well, and sir, years into the future. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time today. We certainly appreciate it. 
Any time. I like talking to y'all. Y'all always so awake early in the morning. <laughs> Listen, uh, we can't talk about what illegal drugs might be in this studio oh, to make it happen. Come on now. Only on Bernie's side, though. Oh, Only on Bernie's side. I just drink dog. coffee. He's I just drink dog. coffee. All right, sir. Have a great weekend. <laughs> y'all too. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Hey, look, uh, I'm going to be totally honest. I am fueled. Just like the Sheryl Crow song says, mm-hmm. I'm fueled by uh, coffee, coffee, nicotine, and uh, coffee. It's honest. <laughs> it's truthful. I, admit I mean, at it. least I didn't say that to the attorney general. I mean, he he is just the treasurer. So, well, I mean, he doesn't yeah. care about the drugs. Right. Yeah, it's not, I'm just, it's all, not my, the, all that is legal, it's not, bro. It's not that he cares. I'm just, it's not that he doesn't care. I'm he just cares. saying it's not his jurisdiction. Coffee and nicotine. I fully admit it. Okay. All right. I, oh, I I'm i excited about these unemployment I numbers. I am too. You, you know, know what else I'm excited about? What? It is National Donut I Day. I know. And standing in the wings waiting to talk to us about one of our favorite subjects. Yes. Is the Wheezy. Oh, is she? All right. We're going to get her on the phone? Yes. Let's talk to her after a quick break. Okay. She is we'll right now. With the folks probably got it. all that dough and stuff. And <laughs> she's like real busy. I was like, please talk yeah. to us. She's like. Aye. Ricky Mesh is Donut King on Pinhook. We'll check in and see how things are going for National Donut Day. It's coming up. For coronavirus updates around the clock and breaking news first, download the KPL News app. It's free in the App Store and Google Play. And when you're there, click the COVID 19 button for the latest coverage from KPL News. Oh. Alright, so I've told you that my kids have a process. When we go to Ricky Mesh's Donut King over on Pinhook, they know that eventually by the time I decide what I want, mm-hmm. they will have had time to pick out the drink they want. Yeah. What kind of milk or orange juice or whatever else and make it back in time to give me the order I knew they were already going to make. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a so weird cute. thing as a parent, but you know what? You let them because it's so it, much man. fun. Well, uh, the donut lady herself, Wheezy. Louise Amber joins us on the phone. Good morning for National Donut Day. Good morning. Yes. Happy Donut Day. Happy Donut Day to you. Okay, so, I mean, your mornings are crazy all the time, making donuts and donut holes and kolaches. And who are you like, is there flour all over the place this morning? Well, we do, I do have an apron on, and it does have flour on it, but it is always fun. <laughs> Got cinnamon and chocolate and flour everywhere, oh. but then we clean it all up and start over the next day. Well, that's true. That's true. All right, so National Donut Day. What a sweet day. Oh, yes, it is fun. I think everybody should celebrate because it's the opening of Phase 2. Acadiana is now open, and we need some comfort food. And what better comfort food than a donut? Oh, amen to that. Okay, so seriously. And it's Friday. And it's Friday, too. So do y'all like, I mean, do do you have any idea how many donuts y'all must make every day? Have you ever, like, counted the number? I have not, but I I could imagine it's. It's a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I just love that it goes so quick. Like, it, I mean, I'm sure there was once a time when the inner, the original uh, donut bakery opened up that it took a long time. But there are so many different things that you guys make. And it just 
it has to just be like just the process just feels natural once you start getting at it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the trays just fly out. We They said, oh, we need some more chocolate. We need some more. And I was like, we had four trays of chocolate. And now they're all gone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And solve, solve the age old question, too. Can you get a king cake or something that feels like it any time? Or do we have to wait until Mardi Gras? Well, normally during the rest of the year, you can order it one day in advance. But okay. right now, since, um, well, now that we're opening up, it might change. But yeah. during this whole quarantine thing, we were kind of short staffed. And so we didn't do king cakes for that two month period um, just because we didn't have enough people. Well, Louise, but you let us know. We're, we're and we will spread the word. We will spread Ooh, the word when hiring. you can get them again. Once you hire the right king cake donuttery person, um, <laughs> you let right. us know and we'll spread the word because you know what? It's everything there is great. I, you know, I'm a fan of, I like the old fashioned donut personally, the old fashioned, like some people call them buttermilk drops. If you grew up in new Orleans, you had the McKenzie's buttermilk drops and that's what they taste mm-hmm. like to me. It's like the buttermilk, good cake donut, but you know, everything's good over at Ricky. Mitch's. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, so y'all, did y'all get some donuts? I know Scott got some this morning, and he brought them over to the station. I hope y'all. I got was about to say if he devoured. if he picked up donuts and went straight to his house and didn't, and didn't bring us, but I'm looking outside. Cried. I see him in the lobby right now, so I'll be heading out there right after this this quick break. All right, hey Louise, great talking to you as always. All right, happy donut day. Just happy as sweet as everything day. they sell. Yes, that's indeed. Louise. You know what? You need to put that on your shirt. Mm, I'm yes. just as sweet as everything I sell. That's right. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Weez. All right, 7.54 now at Newstock 96.5. KPL, mm, put an I extra commercial in. I need to go get us donuts, okay. and I'll be right back. Okay. Sound well, good? Well, yeah, I, I can handle up on that. I can do that. All, All right, right com- I'm doing it. Coming up at the top of the hour. All right, bye. Fox News commentary. A potential game changer on coronavirus. More next. You're more focused than ever on keeping your employees and customers safe. CentOS has the products and services you need to feel prepared. Our CentOS technicians can apply our disinfectant and sanitizer spray throughout your facility. Our ultra-clean service for restrooms uses a sanitizer effective against certain germs, bacteria, and viruses. And we'll help you stay well-stocked with hand sanitizer, face masks, and essential PPE. Visit CentOS.com and get ready for the workday. Top doctors in hard-hit Italy are now saying that the disease is losing its potency and therefore becoming much less lethal. The head of a hospital in northern Italy said, quote, the swabs that were performed over the last 10 days showed a viral load in quantitative terms that was absolutely infinitesimal compared to the ones carried out a month or two months ago, end quote. Another senior doctor said he's also seeing COVID-19 weaken. The Italian government is pushing back, saying it's still premature to jump to that conclusion and more research needs to be done. I think that that's fair. Other global health officials are also urging skepticism and caution. And I agree. But if the medical experts on the ground in an area that was ravaged by this virus are noticing that the virus itself is becoming weaker, that is an extremely hopeful sign. Let's hope that the data continues to back it up because that would be a welcome development for the entire world. That's your fu- Adopt US Kids presents multiple choice parenting. You accidentally cut your daughter's bangs unevenly. Do you A, line things up a centimeter from her hairline? Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. No, 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 no. Sweatbands are so hot right now. Everyone's wearing them. Like that basketball player and that other basketball player. B, get spiritual. Mom, where did all the mirrors go? A reflection could never capture our true selves. Huh? 
Beauty is within. Um. C. Look on the bright side. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or D. Show empathy. Mom, you really don't have Ta -da! to. Ta-da! Twinsies. <laughs> I kind of love it. <laughs> As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Brobridge. Lafayette. Some people are getting back to work. I'm Chris Foster of Fox News. Instead of a loss as predicted because of the coronavirus outbreak and the job restrictions, the economy adds 2.5 million jobs, with the unemployment rate down at 13.3%. Most of this is about people who've been laid off getting back to work, even as others are still being let go. Fox Business Network Cheryl Cassoni says about the numbers from the Labor Department this morning. For the unemployment rate and for the jobs number, the estimates were way off for this report. The range for the job losses was 1.6 million to 17 million, and we gained 2.5 million. Economists were way off. I had seen 27% unemployment rate. Again, it's down at 13.3. President Trump tweets, really big jobs report, great going President Trump. Kidding, but true. Last night, he tweeted out a letter written by his former attorney, John Dowd, calling protesters cleared from a park near the White House before the president's walk to a church, terrorists. It was the 10th night of protest over George Floyd's death in Minneapolis. No justice, no peace. Chants were heard in New York City and across America Thursday night. In Atlanta, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms sought to start a discussion with protesters. More than our anger. Out west in the L.A. area, protesters told Fox Station KTTV that marchers won't stop. Even more action is going to take place. You're just going to continue on being peaceful. Following a memorial in Minnesota yesterday, Floyd will have two other remembrances in North Carolina and in Texas. Gernal Scott, Fox News. In Buffalo, New York, two police officers are suspended. They're seen on video shoving a 75-year-old protester to the ground, blood pouring from his ear when he hit the ground. He's hospitalized with a head injury. America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No. Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. 
The National Basketball Association has a plan to play again starting July 31st with all games, practices, and housing at Disney World. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver admits it's not a perfect plan, but tells TNT that a 22-team restart in Orlando was the right way to go. Let's come as close to normal as we can. And as close to normal as we can is top eight in the West, top eight in the East playing four rounds of seven games. Silver adding it's just the first step of many ahead before an actual return to play, noting the need to still evaluate COVID-19 related protocols. Certain coaches may not be able to be the bench coach. They may have to retain social distancing protocols. Dallas Mavericks head coach Rick Carlisle, who's president of the NBA Coaches Association, says he spoke with Silver after those remarks, the commissioner admitting he may have jumped the gun. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. Hundreds of kids suspected of committing mostly petty crimes have been released in Bangladesh in an effort to keep coronavirus in crowded detention centers from spreading. Virtual courts are set up to hold bail hearings. New study claims autonomous vehicles won't make the roads completely safe. The Insurance Institute for Highway Safety Study says that while self-driving vehicle technology has great promise to reduce crashes, that it may not be able to prevent all crashes caused by humans, and that while autonomous vehicles eventually will identify more hazards and react faster than distracted humans, that it's only enough to prevent about one-third of roadway crashes that auto safety experts say are caused by humans. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. Deputies in Macon County, Alabama, are investigating a cross burning alongside a bridge. A tire and fuel canister were also burned nearby. The sheriff says there are no suspects. It's not known what the motive is in this case, but historically, racist groups have used cross burnings to intimidate black people and rally supporters. Again, our top story, the economy adding two and a half million jobs, a lot of them people who've been laid off because of coronavirus restrictions. I'm Chris Foster, Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Right now, 75 degrees here at Cape Hill. I'm Bernadette Lee with your news update. Phase two of the economic reopening starts today. Some businesses will reopen for the first time since March while occupancy will increase for other businesses. State Fire Marshal Butch Browning says restaurants, churches, movie theaters, gyms, shopping malls, museums, barber shops, and salons will all be able to increase capacity with social distancing. It brings their capacity to 50% instead of 25%. Casino and video poker establishments can increase to 50% capacity with a limit of 75% of their gaming positions active. Previously shuttered bars can open at 25% and massage parlors, tattoo studios, and esthetician services will open with additional guidelines. We've been a group that's went out there and worked with people and tried to build understanding so people can be safe. I'm Kevin Barnhart. So could a coronavirus vaccine be ready this fall? Senator Bill Cassidy says after talking with one drug company, thinks so. If their vaccine works and their initial evidence is that it does, it'll be ready to give to people by October. Cassidy says the studies indicate the product is effective and it receives the green light from regulators. There will be an ample supply ready. Congress put up money to produce vaccine even before it completed testing. So there's going to be 200 million doses the day those studies complete. Cassidy says if successful, the timeline is promising for resuming sports. You can go to the LSU-Alabama game and see us put up um, you know, another 40-something points, and you can be safe. I'm Kevin Barnhart. Another rally and protest is planned for this Saturday in Lafayette. Organizers of tomorrow's event say it will be a peaceful event. The march will begin at 10 o'clock on Camellia Boulevard at the Lafayette Strong Pavilion. And participants will walk on the sidewalk. They'll cross the bridge and return back to the Lafayette Strong Pavilion, where there will be speeches. 
In other headlines, New Orleans on Wednesday night, well, there was a situation that happened with folks with a march there. Now, the march was very, very large. The number of Floyd protesters in New Orleans swelled last night after there was some tear gassing of an allegedly violent crowd near the Crescent City connection that happened Wednesday night. Here's more on the story. Thousands gathered outside City Hall before marching through New Orleans. The night began with organizers issuing an ultimatum demanding the city redirect funds away from the police and towards social programs. If you want peace, you better meet these mother demands because where there is no justice, there will be no peace. The march ultimately made its way peacefully through the city with chants of I can't breathe and... The protesters trained most of their frustration on law enforcement that generally kept its distance from the crowd. And occasionally. The night ended at city criminal court with a vow that marches would continue today. I'm Matt Doyle. So what did happen Wednesday night with the tear gas? Well, the New Orleans police superintendent, Sean Ferguson, says social medias back up their claim that... Some of the people in the crowd allegedly began planning to assault a line of police officers when they were trying to get onto the Crescent City Connection Bridge. We did not deploy gas on a peaceful protest. We did deploy gas on individuals who chose to use force against our officers. Now, Ferguson also disputed claims that officers fired pellets or other projectiles into the crowd. Ferguson says after rolling one tear gas canister and firing another from a launcher, the crowd began dispersing. We still had approximately two to three hundred people still left up there with us. A few of those two or three hundred attempted to continue to break the line, resulting in the arrest of five individuals. It's coming up now on 809, our news update brought to you by Bob Evans Dinner Sides. Their family of products wants to remind you. To drive sensibly as you get behind the wheel a bit more now, drive smart and drive safely. When you drive by your local grocery store, stop in for Bob Evans mashed potatoes and mac and cheese. Partly cloudy skies today, warm and humid, a 30% chance for afternoon storms. Highs around 91, back to 72 overnight tonight under mostly cloudy skies. Sun and clouds again for Saturday with an afternoon thunderstorm possible, a high again near 91. Sunday, the impacts of tropical storm Cristobal could bring us some windier conditions and some late afternoon showers and thunderstorms. Rain will become likely on Monday as tropical storm Cristobal moves on land. Temperatures Sunday and Monday around 86. From the storm Team 3 Weather Lab by meteorologist Dave Baker on News Talk 96.5 KPL. So right now, 75 degrees here at the KPL Studios. Weather brought to you by Bruce Ard Poche, certified public accountants. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, traffic. No crashes, no breakdowns to worry about. Make sure you buckle up. Now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL, welcome back to Acadiana's Morning News. And our good friend Dave Baker joins us from across the street at the KGC Storm Team 3 Weather Lab. Okay, let's let's settle the dispute so I can understand this completely. Okay, in the beginning of this week, I thought it was Cristobal, and now it's Cristobal? What, what, okay, what, what, Cristobal. 
Cristobal. Okay. What's the deal? I'll tell you what. I'm I'm going with the National Hurricane Center's official pronunciation guide that they send in. Gotcha. They do and send what one. I yes. See is Cristobal. It has oh. lowercase C R I S and then a capital T O what is B and then a lowercase L. I'm thinking that is Cristobal. Okay. So I'm thinking, yeah. You know, I did you know, touch base with tomato, a former bear, Heber, whatever. <laughs> a former roommate of mine when I was going to ULF yet was from Peru. And I okay. consulted and he also said Cristobal. And because there's okay. no accent mark anywhere, there's it's just it's just straight in. Not no okay. no Cristobal, no okay. Cristobal, just Cristobal. Christable. We'll, oh, just run oh. right, we'll just run right over it. It was so funny this morning. We had Katie and I saw Bayou Catabla come up. And when <laughs> Catabla came up on the teleprompter, she skipped right over it. <laughs> some, some Bayou up in St. Landry Parish. Um, yeah, I love it. Okay, so I, I, you know, obviously am a huge uh, believer in information, you know, getting out there and, and people, you know, doing their own research and looking at things. But when I tell you, I mean, everyone has automatically gained their AMS seal of approval because they are looking at every model. And at the end of the day, they're all just models. I mean, they all it's it's just like models for anything else we've seen. Most recently, COVID-19, where things are going to happen, when peaks are going to be. It's all just different information. And usually these models take a sum of the different ones and, and sort of make, and make a call. But I think one of the good things about, gosh, is it Christo Cristobal? One of the good things about this, how about we say tropical system in the, the southern Gulf of Mexico moving this direction, is that it doesn't appear to have a lot of strength and wind and rain really close to the center of circulation. So it's good to just prepare. It's coming in this direction. Yeah, and you know what, Rob, while it's over land, which has been over land now for 24 hours, uh, tropical systems don't have a good time when they're over land. Uh, and there is a considerable amount of dry air on the west, and the structure of the system doesn't look great. But that was kind of expected in the forecast as it drifted southward over Mexico. Now it's starting to drift a little bit back toward the north, and I think by the end of the day or maybe even this evening, it'll probably reemerge over the Gulf of Mexico. And, you know, a lot of the forecast for the next uh, day and a half two days or whatever is all going to be dependent on what Cristobal actually looks like once it reaches water once again. Forecast track We've really gotten pretty good over the last couple of decades on the forecast track, and you've noticed that the little window or the cone of uncertainty has shrank quite a bit, but intensity has always been a more difficult part of the forecast. So, you know, as you're starting to look at things like wind shear and water temperature and everything else, you're not looking at a situation that is ideal, you know, for a massive strengthening. Am I correct in my assumption there? Yeah, and in fact, uh, the National Hurricane Center and most of us here at KTC have kind of written hurricane off. You know, it's that's that's not uh, any kind of a bet right now. Um, but I will say it's June, and June storms tend to be kind of fickle because there are a lot more um, variables that can kind of come in. If you're familiar with Hurricane Audrey over 60 years ago, that was a Category 4. We had a tropical storm, Allison, back in 2001, which was just a huge, huge rainmaker. So June systems 
can go all kinds of, you know, from strong to weak to rain producers to wind producers. So, but this one does appear that it's going to have a bit of a hard time. It's got plenty of warm water to work with. That's one thing that's going for it. Another thing that's actually, you know, in its favor, it's probably going to have two days worth of, you know, time over the open waters. What's going against it, though, is more of the dry air and the shear. So that's why the forecast brings it to a strong tropical storm, 60, maybe 65 mile per hour winds prior to landfall. And uh, the center of circulation right now is expected to come on shore somewhere at Terrebonne, St. Mary Parish, which would throw most of the impacts over toward uh, Grand Isle, New Orleans, heavy rain, as well as the storm surge flooding. I think we're going to catch the winds because uh, we're going to be so close to the center of circulation. But on this particular track, I think most of the effects are going to be farther to the east. But if you've noticed the window, the forecast could bring it as far west as Cameron and as far east as uh, about the Pearl River area there between Louisiana and Mississippi. So there's a little bit of wiggle room, but even Rob and uh, Bernie, just a 30 or a 40 mile drift in either direction can have a significant impact on a local area. And of course, watching those areas, um, what about the flooding risk? Do we expect once it comes onto shore, it will move along? Any worry that it, that it stays around? Because I know people get worried about that if you had a house that flooded in 2016. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't even a tropical. And that wasn't anything. That was a lot of yes. tropical moisture, you know. And that was a that was a situation back in '01 with tropical storm Allison. It just stalled for so long. Mm-hmm. And Barry, even last year, was another one that just slowly took its time to cruise over. This one does appear that it's going to go ahead and move on shore and continue to move northward toward Arkansas. So we're talking about a day or a day and a half. Still can get some good tropical downpours, but at this point, I'm not expecting uh, the rainfall type of flooding that we've seen in the past. All right, Dave. Baker from the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab. We'll keep up with your forecast. Thanks yeah. for all you do, Dave. Yeah, and thanks for visiting with us when it's such a busy time. It was time. so nice to hear your voices again and actually be able to interact with the two. One day I'm going to come back in that studio day. and see your faces, too. Well, you're welcome <laughs> to come over, but if you've ever seen that movie Bubble Boy, that's what it would have to look like according to corporate protocol. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> all right, you thanks, have Dave. a great day. You too. Love you, man. He's so great. All right, it's 8.18 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. A little bit earlier this morning, we got to talk to about uh, talk about the planned protest that's happening tomorrow on Camellia Boulevard in Lafayette. One of the organizers called into the show, and we were able to get some details, especially about the local law enforcement involvement mm-hmm. in the the preparations, in you know making sure that people stay safe, mm-hmm. where the route looks like, and everything else. We'll answer those questions all coming up. Uh, but first, Bernie's headlines right here on Acadiana's Morning News, celebrating twenty years of enlightening Acadiana. Moon Griffon, next on News Talk 96.5. KPL. The KPL Topic Train is running right on time. Driven by Bruce Hart Poche, LLP, certified public accountants. 822 now, and tonight, I think the conditions in the sky, we should have asked Dave, and we just now had the expert on, but I think the conditions are going to be just right for us to be able to see the strawberry moon. You know why it's called the strawberry moon, by the way, Ms. Byrne? Because it has delicious strawberry filling? No, and it's also not a red color, so that's not why either. Um, Native American tribes used to use this full moon as it was a signal to start gathering ripe strawberries. Mmm, yum. Got to be bigger and more colorful than other full moons because of its path across the sky. The next full moon is going to be on July 5th. Now, 
Um, since the moon will be low, you'll probably experience that moon illusion. And that is the optical illusion where the moon looks so much bigger because our brain tends to see things close to the horizon as bigger than they are. It's totally an illusion, though. Um, there's also a lunar eclipse, too. won't be visible in the U.S., but you can watch it online. The Virtual Telescope Project's YouTube page is going to have it. Starts at noon Eastern today, and this is the sixth full moon of the year 2020. So pretty cool. Nice. Forbes released its annual list of. Oh, sorry, I got the love. It you was really want, in there. You really wanted the love to keep sorry on. Sorry about that. Um, Forbes has released its annual Celebrity 100 list of the highest paid entertainers. Kylie Jenner is on top, but you know there's all that drama about her. Her billionaire status, right, because right. apparently once they got in to look at these documents, it showed like a zero to five hundred and thirty four million dollar valuation change within one year. And there are some questions about whether that actually happened. Oh, by the way, someone also invested in the company at that rate. And so could be some trouble if you were mm. budging the numbers. Yeah. Um, Kylie Jenner, number one, five hundred and ninety million dollars earned in twenty nineteen. Kanye West, one hundred and seventy Roger Federer, the mm. tennis player, mm-hmm. $106.3 million. Cristiano Ronaldo, the soccer player, $105 million. And also another stock, soccer star, Lionel Messi, $104 million. Wow. Uh, hat tip to the radio world, Howard Stern, also on the list, $90 million last week. Just throw a couple of those our way. We wouldn't mind. Coronavirus insanity. It continues. Uh, plastic surgeon in Miami. Yeah is now offering drive through Botox injections. If you didn't think it was bad enough that you had roots as far as the eye could see that needed to be dyed, well, what if your eyebrow is now at the bottom of your chin and you need that <laughs> Botox, but yeah. you don't want to get infected? Oh, okay. All right. France is turning surplus table wine into hand sanitizer. Mm. Wine sales and exports dropped significantly all during right. the two-month lockdown, so they have all this wine. Mm-hmm. I'll do something good with it. Yeah. Also in Europe, a guy in England was so happy McDonald's had reopened. He was busted. Turns out he was driving 136 miles per hour (laughs) down one of those interstates there. And it wasn't the Autobahn that doesn't have a speed limit. Uh, There was a speed limit and he went to jail. And finally, a guy who went on a 75-day silent meditation retreat in mid-March says he was surprised to see just how much he'd missed when he finally emerged on May 23rd. Yeah. Very different world, right? Within those six weeks, Come but on. the drive-through Botox injections burn. Um, well, they get me every time. That's uh, that's just funny, but hey, that's your thing. Yes. That's cool. But the know? drive, I'm not talking about Botox. Go get your Botox. Uh huh. I don't feel comfortable sometimes opening a drink in the car. Yeah, right. And you really have someone put yeah. a needle in your face. I, I, I personally, if I was going to do that, I, I would want to be in an office setting. I, you know. Yes. You know, lots of preparation. And- Do you guys ever watch Dr. Pimple Popper? Yes, on occasion. Now, we'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. It is recorded okay. at my home, and he watches it religiously. Yes. All the time. He'll even watch the reruns, which he is not a rerun kind of man. Okay. So, I, you know, I indulge him, but I'm going to yes. say, I only catch it every once in a while because, mm-hmm. um, quite frankly, sometimes. It's too much. I'm uh I'm grossed out about it sometimes. I am too. I don't li- I don't like it. But I do find some of the stuff very fascinating. I just That's don't want to I don't want to see the cuts though. 
I don't. I don't want to see don't that, like part. that part. I'm either. very interested in like some people. Like this woman had these keloids on her earlobes. Oh, and they were touching her shoulders, and she'd oh. had them since oh. she was two God, because really? she had a botched um, ear piercing when she was two years oh, old. So it darling. caused this scar tissue. Yes. And it, anyways, I can't watch it. It really grosses me out. Or I at least have to be able to walk out. Uh huh. Like I like the story. Yeah. I like uh, and I like the after how I'll happy people are. You, but I can't watch it happening. When I do sit in the room and watch the show with him, he's laughing so hard sometimes because what I will do is I just turn my face away. And you just have to. I have to. Yeah, At some points I'm not, you know, and I know people mm-hmm. they can turn off their sense of smell. Mine is the hearing. Okay. Ew. The, you know what? Stop. I can turn off my sense of smell. Mm. But I have a hard time turning off my hearing. You know, I've told you that's why I could never work in food service. Like I could never be a waiter, waitress or anything else. Why? Because I almost can't bring myself to pick up my kids' plates after they've eaten off of them. Really? It it is one of those things. It's been one of those things about you? It just doesn't. Now, okay, I'm going to tell you right now. Mm -hmm. I have said forever and ever and ever, and I've never done it. During my high school days, well, like towards middle of high school, I did like, I worked a little bit like in concessions and stuff like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Then I worked at this yogurt place. Ooh, you just made me think of mustard. Gross. Okay. Yeah, there's something wrong with you don't, if you mm-hmm. don't love mustard. Okay. But I'll let that pass right now. Mm-hmm. So then I worked a little yogurt, frozen yogurt. I gained 30 pounds um, because in addition to your pay, there was a great bonus <laughs> that <laughs> you got like to working it. there. Sounds okay? like it. And the yeah. bonus was, I mean, let's be honest. It was me as a fat girl's dream, and I, I didn't start out chunky. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was just a normal size lady, mm-hmm. and then I started working there, and I also started college. Mm-hmm. It all so collided. It was a freshman thirty for me. Yeah. All right. So, but that was awesome. But my dream has always been. And then I worked at a bookstore. I worked as a receptionist downtown for a while. Um, I had one other job while I was working a few of those jobs, but I don't remember. Anyway, long story short, mm-hmm. I always wanted to do a waitressing gig. Yeah. But once I started working here years ago, I was like, man, I can't fit it in because I was getting called in a lot to do the yep. morning show and stuff yeah. uh, from time to time. So I couldn't do it. I've always wanted to do the waitressing thing. So we could arrange that. We have some restaurant owners we work closely mm-hmm. with. We could get you. And then here's what we could do. Mm-hmm. You could take part in it. No, 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 listen. I listen. will just take wait, the orders and run wait, the credit cards. No, no, That's no. all I want to do. That's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. You, we could be a team wait staff. I could be the okay? server. You could be the bus girl. Right. And so you could. You politically could, correct. I'm going to take, like, you're going to take the order. I'll stand with you. Mm-hmm. Right. And we'll, we'll like, try to say some of our stupid ja- dad jokes while we're there. Okay. <laughs> and we can take the order. All right. I'll carry the drinks to the table. I'll pick up the drinks and refill them. Okay, you'll do all allowed, that. You'll touch allowed, all that stuff. I will touch the plates, the whatever. Mm-hmm. I, will, I will hand out the bread basket or the cracker basket, whatever. I will do all that stuff, but you got to be there to show support. I would be happy to talk about the food. <laughs> I would actually be happy to eat the food. We could test food, it before, but I just can't. Not their food or anything. I can't deal with the plate. That's all I got to say. Okay, so you get freaked out by the plate. Is someone on here? Uh, somebody is Someone's called, called in. And I don't maybe know. they're offering you a job for today. Good morning. Know. You're on a KDN's morning news. Yeah, I'd like a white with ham, <laughs> extra mayo, mustard. Okay. And um, uh, fries. And uh, okay. Do, uh, let me do one of those one of those shakes. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll, you, I'll do a shake. Okay, what kind? Would you have a preference on the shake? You want? It doesn't matter. Surprise okay. me. Surprise okay. Me. How about like a chocolate and strawberry? We could do That's that. Is this, is this happening right let's now? Go, One let's of each. Go with that. Okay, we could. Let's go yeah, we could do that. Okay, so just don't make me just don't make me touch your plate at the end. Yeah, okay? Rob. Rob is scared. He's I can't, very I'm, afraid. No joke. I, wanna, I really. That is a real I'm deal. I'm going to make you that mustard pack, <laughs> dude. We I'm going to get out to my car. There's going to be one taped to my window. Yes. Oh, exactly. gosh. I'm all about the extra mayo and the extra mustard. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for the call. Absolutely. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I couldn't fulfill your order, but maybe one day. Yeah, no worries. No, no worries. <laughs> but you, by the way, you guys are perfect at this fake food ordering thing. Y'all are going to take my kids on a Saturday because that's all they want to do is fake order food all the time. All right, we got to go. Have a great Friday. 831 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. Quick look at Bernie's headlines are coming up right here on Newstalk 96.5 KPL. And how may I serve you today? I'm Bernadette Lee, and you're listening to Newstalk 96.5 KPL. It's the bottom of the hour. Now the top stories from KPL96.5.com. Hey, Hill News Time coming up now on 833. Today is the day that the state of Louisiana will move into phase two of the economic reopening. That means some businesses reopen for the first time since March. Occupancy will increase for other businesses. State Fire Marshal Butch Browning says restaurants, churches, movie theaters, gyms, shopping malls, museums, barber shops, and salons will all be able to increase capacity with social distancing. It brings our capacity to 50% instead of 25%. Casino and video poker establishments can increase to 50% capacity with a limit of 75% of their gaming positions active. Previously shuttered bars can open to 25% and massage parlors, tattoo studios, and esthetician services will open with additional guidelines. We've been a group that's went out there and worked with people and tried to build understanding so people can be safe. I'm Kevin Barnhart. Well, could a coronavirus vaccine be ready this fall? Senator Bill Cassidy says after talking with one drug company, he thinks that it might be possible. If their vaccine works and their initial evidence is that it does, it'll be ready to give to people by October. Cassidy says the studies indicate the product is effective and it receives the green light from regulators. There will be an ample supply ready. Congress put up money to produce vaccine even before it completed testing. So there's going to be 200 million doses the day those studies complete. Cassidy says if successful, the timeline is promising for resuming sports. You can go to the LSU-Alabama game and see us put up um, you know, another 40-something points, and you can be safe. I'm Kevin Barnhart. Partly to mostly cloudy skies today. Highs around 91. We'll see a 30% chance for an afternoon storm. Overnight, lows dropping back into the lower 70s under mostly cloudy skies. Sun and clouds again Saturday with an afternoon storm possible, a high near 91. Then into Sunday, skies becoming mostly cloudy with rainy conditions developing by the afternoon. Also becoming quite breezy as tropical storm Cristobal moves closer to the coast. Temperatures on Sunday should reach 86 degrees. Into Monday, that's when we expect uh, tropical Tropical storm Cristobal to be moving over the Acadiana area with a landfall right now predicted to be sometime around midnight, late Sunday night, early Monday morning. Temperatures on Monday will hover in the mid 80s. It'll be windy and rainy with temperatures topping out around 82 degrees. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm meteorologist Dave Baker on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Right now, 75 degrees here at KPEL Weather brought to you by Bob Evans Dinner Sides. The Bob Evans family of products wants to remind you to drive sensibly as you get behind the wheel a bit more now. Drive smart and drive safely when you drive to the grocery store. 
Don't forget, you can get Bob Evans mashed potatoes and mac and cheese. News Talk 96.5. KPL. Right now, traffic. We have a fender bender on Case Lane right near Lemoyne. That's Case Lane right near Lemoyne and West Pinhook at Rue Fernand. That's West Pinhook at Rue Fernand. Make sure you buckle up out there. Tomorrow morning in Lafayette, a second planned protest is going to happen. Another peaceful protest, fingers crossed. Our community really shined bright the last yeah. time we had one of these. Over at uh, the intersection of University and Johnson Street, right by UL Lafayette. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, as far as the eye could see, no issues, no right. arrests. And as Mayor President Josh Guillory said yesterday, the area was cleaned up after it happened, mm-hmm. and uh, we hope for a similar outcome tomorrow. Absolutely. And this event is a peaceful event that is being organized by several people in Lafayette and, of course, uh, some surrounding areas. One of the organizers joining us on the line. Good morning, and thanks for joining us. Hello. Thanks for having me. So we appreciate the chance to talk with you. We've had a lot of questions in the last several days. So talk to us about kind of who is putting this all together and what the goals are for tomorrow. For sure. Um, One of the goals is definitely safety. That is the main priority from everyone involved. Like you said, last week's protest was completely safe, and that is still the goal here for everyone involved. Um, Also praying for some safe uh, weather. So let's see if that allows the protest to happen. Um, But one of uh, a lot of the organizers um, all come from diverse backgrounds. The point, the main priority, the message in this rally in particular is to call on white people, especially to use their privilege and their voices and their power to show up for their fellow neighbors, their fellow humans, and say, hey, we see you, we stand with you, we're listening, we're seeing what happens, and um, we're not scared to show up and support you. And so some of the local um, community community organizers um, are the local NAACP, Move the Mindset here in Lafayette. We have some student organizations involved from the university, but it's really truly a grassroots movement. Um, we have some people from out of town who have helped to start this. And I think that that shows that, you know, anyone can help start movement in this community. Lafayette is so welcoming. And I mean, I do truly think very progressive. And so once someone raises their hand and says, you know, I want help spreading this positive message, it happened. And it happened through churches. It happened through different organizations. It happened through local businesses. And so the town can come together. If people want to make a change, they can. You know, I think it's interesting in watching uh, these things, how they play out. And as I'm watching in every city, I understand why. You know, social media kind of goes crazy in these situations. People who live in the area of Camellia Boulevard or live in River Ranch across the river, you know, I see a lot of what's being shared. And I think there is a lot of fear because you've seen some of these protests that start peaceful and then something happens along the way and it becomes violent. Um, Obviously, as someone who's helping to organize this and you said safety is the number one priority, how is law enforcement, local law enforcement, involved in, in making sure that things stay safe and, and don't get out of hand? For sure. Uh, both the sheriff's department and local police have been super, um, super, super helpful. And I've spoken to many of many of their members. Uh, we have let them know what our walking plan is so they're aware of our route. Um, they said they're going to be on standby. Uh, we have phone numbers for multiple people who can come out and help should anything happen. But there will be a few people on site just in case. Um, 
one of them was my former SRO when I was in high school <laughs> here. So it's uh, it's actually, cool. it, it was just so funny to get a call from him. So that was lovely. Um, but they are aware of everything and they're fully in support of the peaceful protest. And, you know, want it to go kind of the same way that it went last weekend. And just so people are aware, we're not walking on the street. We're right. staying on the sidewalk. So it's not... I mean, the message is really to to expose people to what's happening and hopefully open their eyes. So we don't want to close off the street and turn people away from the message. So we're just going to walk on the sidewalk, hold up some posters peacefully and turn back around and head on home. Okay, and you're basically starting at the Lafayette Strong um, kind of pavilion structure that's that's right there near St. Barnabas Church. And where will you go? Yes, exactly. And so we'll start there and then we'll walk towards the south side of Camellia Bridge, just go over the bridge and then loop back around um, at Woods Crossing, that first crosswalk there. So it's really, with the whole loop, only about a mile. Um, so I don't imagine this taking more than 30 minutes, but uh, I'm a quick walker. <laughs> um, so we'll see how it goes, depending on how many people show up. Uh, but And then we're also going to open at the pavilion with a few speakers, uh, local leaders, and um a few a pastor and a bishop who are going to say a few words as well um we're going to set the stage really to make this peaceful and welcoming all parties all genders sexualities races ages um i'm bringing out a few chairs if anyone wants to come and just sit and help and doesn't need to walk okay yeah because there might be folks who don't want to you know necessarily walk um curious about to um you know the, the like you said there'll be speeches you guys are gonna do this walk and then you know for anyone who might feel hesitant to come out, what would your message be to them? I mean, truly, in starting off, it doesn't matter how you speak up, whether you're marching, whether you're donating, whether you're posting things, whether you're having tough conversations with family members and friends who maybe you don't vote the same way or you don't see eye to eye. There's so many different ways to help in the situation and not everyone's going to do it the same way. So people should not feel pressured because they don't want to march or they don't want to post or they don't want to do whatever. If you're helping in a way that is the best baby step. And so I think that once you start to do things, you'll feel more comfortable. For me, it was also about creating an opportunity you know, in the south side, essentially, of Lafayette to invite a very affluent part of the city to come out and, and say, like, you can use your voice, use your privilege to to raise, to raise, essentially shine light on these issues and make sure that you can't stay in your bubble and you need to speak out. So if people don't feel comfortable coming, that's completely acceptable. But listen, you can come, you can listen, you can then leave when we start marching. Um, watch it later on the news. We're going to have a flyer with um, books, podcasts, movies and places to donate to basically all things for people to help educate themselves on racism because i think a lot of you know white people in general don't know what to do and they feel uncomfortable asking people and you know what it's not on people of color to educate you on how to be anti-racist you need to do the work yourself because it's privilege to not experience racism so you need to learn about it and educate yourself so that you can help your neighbors and I think it's like the bar is so low. I don't think anyone who's who's organizing the demonstrations, calling for action, is expecting it's going to be a light switch. You know, it's it starts yeah. with acknowledgement that there is something that's going on. And I think that we have it's seen, I mean, in uh, in New Orleans a couple of days ago where where those demonstrators ended up on I-10 for a short time. You know, once once the police force was up there, it, you know, a conversation actually happened and you know, kind of the sentiment of that turned into, 
We want to see change, too. You know, we acknowledge that yeah. there's a problem and we don't have all the answers. No one has all the answers. And I think that is sometimes where the division happens. It, you know, you're in on opposite sides of the issue and you say, well, that's not going to help. But then on the other side of the issue, it's it's like it's got a light switch, as I said. And it's really just acknowledgement that yeah. there's something happening. And also that maybe things are not as easy for everyone as they are for you. And, and that's okay to do. It's uncomfortable, but it's okay to do. All right. 100%. So, and I think. Oh, oh no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, I think, you know, a good way to look at it, too, is, you know, we're protesting just this this one thing happening in the country. There's so many issues and things that people care about. But it's like if we were having a um, a breast cancer rally to raise funds and awareness for that, like someone from, you know, colon cancer wouldn't show up and be like, hey, why are you not talking about colon cancer right now? And it's like, oh, no, we will talk about that, too. And so we just want people to know that it's, you're able to care and be passionate about a ton of different issues. And right now, I mean, and then for a long history in our country, this has been an issue and there hasn't been as much progress as there should be. So this is why people are talking about this right now. And I would like to mention um, that today actually would have been the 27th birthday of Breonna Taylor, the Louisville woman who was killed in March um, when a squad of police used a battering ram to enter her apartment with a no-knock warrant, and they um, shot her eight times and killed her. So I just think that it's to the point of where people are unable to keep track of how many people of color are being killed in this country, and it shouldn't be an occurrence at all. And so that's the issue here, and, you know, thankfully we have lovely police force in Lafayette who are willing to support us speaking out on this. Okay, so dialogues can begin. You can go out there tomorrow. It starts at 10 o'clock. Anything else we need to know? um, Please bring a mask if you can, um, gloves if you can, and um, please get dropped off or carpool if you can, just because you never know how many people are going to show up. And, uh, and we're looking forward to everyone coming out, meeting, meeting new people, making new friends, and uh, using your voice for good. Well, thanks so much for joining us this morning. We certainly appreciate it to get the information from one of the organizers. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Bye. The Rush Morning Update is brought to you by Luxury Limo of Lafayette. Book your next traveling party at LuxuryLimoOfLafayette.net. You might remember the New York Times Magazine reporter at responsible for that 1619 project said America's only foundation is 400 years of slavery. Well, she's got a new project. It's called it the 2020 Riot Project. Nicole Hannah-Jones interviewed by CBS News about the mayhem unfolding in Democrat cities. And she told everybody to be really careful with our language. She said that although it's disturbing to see property being destroyed and stolen, we ought to remember these are just things. She said that it isn't moral to describe smashing and looting as violence. Destroying property which can be replaced is not violence, she said. Nicole Hannah-Jones did not acknowledge the people who have been killed during all this torching and destroying and looting and pillaging and ransacking. Uh, Nor did she mourn the businesses that have died or are going to die. First, business owners were forced by their blue state governors and mayors to shut down for months because of the coronavirus. Now the violent riots have destroyed their life's work and dreams and their vandalized businesses and stolen things won't just be magically replaced. They're dead. So excuse us 
uh, Ms. New York Times Magazine, if we think it's far more than merely disturbing that this is happening, while elected Democrat officials sit on their hands and literally do nothing to stop it, and in fact, some of them even applaud and encourage more of it. Folks, it is once again my privilege to join Mahindra in honoring those who have so bravely served our country. It's time for the 7th Annual Mahindra Military Salute Giveaway. To celebrate our Independence Day, the 4th of July, we will randomly select one deserving service member to receive a new Mahindra 4540 four-wheel drive tractor. It's a real deal. Tough as nails. Compact utility tractor with an impressive loader and three-point lift capacities. So help us find a brave American to receive this rugged Mahindra. To nominate somebody who is active duty or a veteran of the military, and to get official rules, visit RushLimbaugh.com and look for the Mahindra Military Salute Giveaway. Thanks to Mahindra, the official tractor of tough. And God bless all of you who protect our freedom. Take advantage of rock-bottom prices and test drive a Mahindra today at Longlinay Tractor in Abbeville. Or visit LonglinayTractor.com. That's longlinetractor.com. I'm Elizabeth McDonald, and this is the Fox Business Report. Economists have been seeing signs that the free fall of the job market may have bottomed out last month. And now we have the Labor Department's report for May, and the numbers show signs of recovery. There were 2.5 million jobs created in May, and the unemployment rate came in at 13.3%. Job growth was a surprise, and the unemployment rate is not as weak as forecast. There are signs of the economy improving. Consumer confidence, manufacturing, and services industries appear to be stabilizing, though at low levels. Going out of business sales at some JCPenney locations could be starting soon. The company has revealed the first 154 stores it plans to permanently close as part of its reorganization. Penny intends to close 242 locations and leave 600 open. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Ginny Cosola, invested in you. You're more focused than ever on keeping your employees and customers safe. Cintas has the products and services you need to feel prepared. Our Cintas technicians can apply our disinfectant and sanitizer spray throughout your facility. Our ultra-clean service for restrooms uses a sanitizer effective against certain germs, bacteria, and viruses. And we'll help you stay well-stocked with hand sanitizer, face masks, and essential PPE. Visit Cintas.com and get ready for the... Trees of green, red roses too. I see them blue for me and you, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue. Blessed day, the dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky, are also on the faces 
to know. Attorney General. He lied to Congress. Chicken bar should have shown up today. You slandered this man. Circus political stunt. APEL FM. Brobridge Lafayette. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. 79 degrees here at Cape Hill. I'm Bernadette Lee with your news and information update today. Big day because it's phase two of the economic recovery. So some businesses will reopen for the first time today since March. Others will be able to increase their occupancy. Here's more on the story. State Fire Marshal Butch Browning says restaurants, churches, movie theaters, gyms, shopping malls, museums, barber shops, and salons will all be able to increase capacity with social distancing. It brings our capacity to 50% instead of 25%. Casino and video poker establishments can increase to 50% capacity with a limit of 75% of their gaming positions active. Previously shuttered bars can open at 25% and massage parlors, tattoo studios, and esthetician services will open with additional guidelines. We've been a group that's went out there working people to try to build understanding so people can be safe. I'm Kevin Barnhart. New Orleans police fired tear gas at George Floyd protesters Wednesday night after some of the people in the crowd began planning to assault a line of officers, according to the NOPD superintendent Sean Ferguson. He says social media videos back up their claim that some elements were organizing an effort to break through police lines and get onto the Crescent City connection. We did not deploy gas on a peaceful protest. We did deploy gas on individuals who chose to use force against our officers. Ferguson also disputed claims that officers fired pellets or other projectiles into the crowd. Ferguson says after rolling one tear gas canister and firing another from a launcher, the crowd began dispersing. We still had approximately two to 300 people still left up there with us. A few of those two or 300 attempted to continue to break the line, resulting in the arrest of five individuals. Protesters had set up on the interstate near the bridge connecting the east and west bank of New Orleans. Ferguson says he's disappointed that the Wednesday night protests turned violent. We have been the, the, the prime example, the shining beacon for the entire nation. We have been receiving phone calls throughout the week as to what is it that New Orleans is doing to keep it so peaceful. And we have just tarnished that. There was another protest last night. Thousands gathered outside City Hall before marching through New Orleans. The night began with organizers issuing an ultimatum demanding the city redirect funds away from the police and towards social programs. If you want peace, you better meet these mother demands because where there is no justice, 
There will be no peace. The march ultimately made its way peacefully through the city with chants of I can't breathe and... The protesters trained most of their frustration on law enforcement that generally kept its distance from the crowd. And occasionally... The night ended at City Criminal Court with a vow that marches would continue today. I'm Matt Doyle. It's coming up now on 903. Our weather forecast is a 30% chance of showers for today and tomorrow. 50% of us will have to deal with some wet weather on Sunday. And then we'll see early, late Sunday evening into early Monday morning. We'll deal with some of the bands of Cristobal with a depression, if you will. So we will, of course, keep you posted should anything change. Not going to be too big for Acadiana. But the southeastern portion of the state, that'll be a different story. News Talk 96.5. KPL. Right now, traffic. Calisa Loom at East Marshall. There's a fender bender. Calisa Loom Road at East Marshall. Stalled vehicle North University at I-10. It's a stalled vehicle North University at I-10. Please keep it safe out there. Buckle up.